Imagine a dimension slightly different from the one we're in. For me, it was Tuesday. History is the same, but it isn't. Welcome to the new 42. Hey everybody, this is Ken Masters, and you're listening to 42 Level 1. The new 42. Well, how can you kid on my Coming down for you. Damn it. Hello and welcome to 42 Level 1, this is episode 240 where I am Mr Andy Urquhart here as always um, and joining me tonight is Mr Ross Shaw. Yes, hello everybody, good to be back. I know I missed last week, but uh, I, feel, I feel like it's almost like a week on, week off. But I will try and, I mean, what, what's my uh, record so far? Three shows in a row? So I think, I let's, think it was four. Let's try and make it, it four. four. All right, yeah. okay, let's make it five shows in a row starting from today. <laughs> okay, uh, Ali's not with us at the moment, as is his birthday. Happy birthday, Ali. Um, Happy so birthday, he's, Ali. <laughs> he's currently out having dinner. Um, he may or may not join us when he gets home. It probably depends on how much he's had to drink. <laughs> Yeah, and when he gets home, if he gets home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, we've got a show for you guys anyway. Um, so we'll kick off with uh, Big Screen, Wee Screen, where we talk about all the things we've been watching on the small and big screens. Um, so Ross, what have you been watching this week? I feel like my shackles have come off. Now I get to speak and voice my opinion without uh, Ali shooting it down. So <laughs> ready for some Western and World War Two action, folks? Oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, uh, I haven't watched too much. I think the biggest thing that I've um, that I've seen on the big screen anyway was that Baby Driver. Um, okay. And it's absolutely fantastic. I 100% tell everybody to go and see it. But if you haven't heard anything or seen any trailers, don't spoil it for yourself, right? It's just completely and utterly left field from what I expected. Like I came in thinking, oh, it's Edgar Wright. This is going to be a kind of like, you know, Shaun of the Dead, Hot, fun, Hot mm. Fuzz-esque, um, you know, like heist movie where the idea is the fact that, you know, this, um, uh, this guy comes in and uh, he basically gets coerced into working for a criminal as a getaway driver. Uh, my kind of like head canon is that this is a prequel to the film Driver uh, or Drive, but yeah. uh, but anyway, either way, uh, either way, it's really really good, and the genre of the film itself is totally unexpected. I don't know have you read into it or seen anything about it? Um, I, I knew it was an Edgar, Edgar Wright movie, and I've seen the I've seen the trailer for it. it looks all right from the trailers. Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's um, I, yeah, I don't really want to say the genre, but like the soundtrack and the action just fit absolutely perfectly. And uh, I was totally in for a ride of my life, and it was so good. Like it really was. I was. I think it really helped the fact that I'd never, that I hadn't read or seen anything about it upwards. So I came in completely fresh-eyed, and I'm starting to think that I might just begin doing that with a lot of films because it was such a refreshing take going in there and not knowing a single thing about it, not knowing who was in it, 
bar the director and its release date and the name of the film. And I think people should start doing that a lot more often rather than getting totally saturated with film trailers and trying to, you know, uh, dissect every single frame of a trailer. And, you know, I think it feels like it kind of spoils a lot of the, the mm. film for a lot. And that kind of, for me, like, for me personally, I felt like, ah, uh, I'm kind of spoiling a film by watching all these trailers. But now that I've watched Baby Driver without seeing a trailer, I'm kind of going, oh, man, this is the way to go. This is totally the way to go. Just do not watch trailers at all for any films. It's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the big screen, that's all I kind of watched. I know it's pretty pathetic. I mean, I watched my usual films, which Saving Private Ryan was one, which is an epic <laughs> film anyway. Uh, I didn't see Spider-Man yet at all. I, I'm not really that much of a kind of fan of i'm getting kind of a bit burnt out of superhero films so every time one's coming out i'm like meh i'll see it when i can see it i'm kind of like justice league oh my god (laughs) it looks terrible yeah i know even with justice league i'm like meh justice league don't really care now i mean what there's been 22 marvel films so far or almost 22 marvel films like every single year there's at least two or three superhero films and as much as i love superhero stuff i'm just like Meh, I don't really care now. I've I've had my fill. Uh, we won't get into the details because we've already done it with the western genre. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think the thing is with the superhero movies, like you don't have to go and see them all at the cinema. They're they're probably movies that you will see at some point. Um, just yeah. like when they come out to DVD or come to like come up on Showbox or whatever, uh, you watch them then. But obviously, although you have one of those card things, you know, like for going to cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got yeah, no yeah, fucking yeah, excuse. Like you could go and see it. Like. <laughs> No, no, I know, but like this is the thing though. I'd prefer to use, I use my card for, um, you know, for like other films instead of just superheroes. You know, like when when I go to the cinema and yeah, you're kind of having that card. You get to the point where you're spoiled for choice because yeah. you're not having to justify your film because you're paying the money. Yeah. So yeah, I can see anything I want, but why why use that kind of you know like freebie just to go in and watch a, a film like Spider Man? Why not use it to see? A film that you might not be able to justify your ten pound for. That's kind of like how I use okay. the card. So if I'm going in there seeing a film that's fifty fifty and be like, oh, if I had to pay money, I wouldn't pay money for this because I mm. wasn't too sure about it. Well, I'll use my card to go and see it, just like Baby Driver. You know, was mm. a film that I would use it for that way. Where Spider Man and all that, yeah, I'm going to see it at some point. And as you said, you're going to see it at some point. So because I got the free card, I'll just wait until it's quiet. You know, when it's on its yeah, like the last yeah. run, and I might yeah. see it. But again, at the end of the day, though, like for me, it's just Baby Driver was phenomenal, and it's a film that I kind of miss Hollywood not producing as much anymore because for the past 10, 15 years, it's been remakes, uh, franchise continuations, and superhero films. Hmm. Something like Baby Driver, and I really hope it does really well to kind of show to Hollywood that they can entrust original films and original direction and original kind of filmmaking uh, to make it to make decent amount of money in the cinema. Hopefully, that might happen, but you never know. You know, I don't think it will happen. Do you know, I had the exact same thought as you actually when I was when because I, I went I went to see Spider Man and like when I was watching the trailers and one of the trailers was for uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. And I'm yeah, like, this movie looks fucking cool. Like, I hope it makes a lot of money so that Hollywood keeps making more movies like this. Because exactly, there isn't enough movies like like that that are that look awesome and they look as if they've actually look, got a good story and whatnot as well. But yeah, but it did totally, remind me uh, a little bit of uh, Jupiter Ascending, which was terrible. Yeah, and uh, the other one was the Mars one. Uh, 
John of Mars or something like that, or what oh, was John, it? Car- uh, John Carter of Mars. Aye, John Carter, yeah. yeah. So I can kind of understand where these big kind of companies are coming from, you know? Like, they're putting a lot of money into these things, and, you know, if they don't get their return, then they're never going to kind of, like, you know, you know, take that bold move again. But still, though, like, as you said, that Valerian thing just looks cool as hmm. shit. <laughs> but, I mean, so, uh, that'd be an interesting thing. I think it really sells me, me on it as well, though, is that it's by Luke Besson, who did, like, yeah. Fifth Element and Leon, and, like, those are fucking good good movies, so he, he yeah, makes good really movies, well. so hopefully this one is, is good as well. So I, I hopefully I'll go and see that, because, like, it looks like the sort of thing that I would really like to see in a cinema, because it's a massive spectacle. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. And for um, for my little screen, I finished uh, season two of Lucifer. Fucking badass. Okay. You need to watch <laughs> Lucifer, Andy. You need to watch it. It's so cool. It's amazing, and I cannot wait until season three comes out later on this year. It's just ah, it's just amazing, and it's it actually the guy who plays Lucifer and the whole story uh, had a, quite a few beers on watch. I was kind of sitting there going, "Man, see if uh, uh, see if it turned out like God, the day of all that was real, I'd only believe it if it turned out to be as cool as this shit." <laughs> like <laughs> like if I if I knew if it turned out that the de- that the actual devil ran a nightclub. In real life, I'd be like, you know what? I'm fucking believing this shit because that guy is cool as fuck, and I just want to be one of his wee partners because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'd highly recommend Lucifer to anybody. Obviously, it's based off of the uh, character Lucifer from Neil Gaiman's Sandman comics, uh, okay. who then also had a spin-off about himself because in the Sandman comics, I think Lucifer fucks off from hell and leaves the Dreamer in charge of hell. And then the spin-off kind of comic book is basically what happened to Lucifer when he decided to fuck off from hell, and the TV show's kind of taken that on, and it's absolutely brilliant. Is it, is it and, not a Sandman TV show as well, though? Or like a movie or something? No, uh, there might be a movie, but I do know that a movie was in the works with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was supposed to be directed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's still in the work. I think that's now okay. in um, uh, development hell. Okay. Say, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, apart from that, I uh, I watched All or Nothing. It's uh, an American football uh, TV series that's been out. This is the second season that's come out, and uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, basically, what they've done is that they uh, follow an NFL team behind the scenes through their entire season, and they create. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and they create like a ten episode story arc of what happens to the team during the season and. They're not really focused on their games themselves because obviously people would know if they've won or lost. But it's all more about what happens to the players and the coaching staff between games and their training sessions and stuff. And it's absolutely brilliant. Like if you like one of those kind of like underdog uh, sort of like Friday Night Lights, any given Sunday style sporting films, uh, I would definitely give this a wee watch. Actually, you know, to be honest, and it's not mo- it's not about it's it's about the sport obviously, but it's more about the the players and the people that are involved and any sporting fans that are listening you really need to kind of check this all or nothing out if you can uh, the first season was by the arizona cardinals who managed to almost get to the super bowl this year was about the los angeles rams who uh, they only won four games through the entire season and it was almost like uh, that it was like one of those tv shows where it's like a slow motion car crash through the entire season because you knew they were going to be so bad but you still just wanted to watch to see how bad it could get. Like you'd be going, "Oh man, I remember they got like beaten that badly, but could it get any worse?" Oh, and then such and such did this. You're like, "Holy shit, it got worse!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like constantly going on. But then there is a bit of optimism towards the end, and 
they have to be commendable to the, the folk at Amazon and the folk that, that write and direct all or nothing from being able to keep such a boring team enticing through the entire eight episode arc. But yeah, I'd highly recommend anyone to watch that on Amazon Prime, especially if you're kind of into American football or sort of know about the teams. But if not, and you're into those kind of sporting underdog films, I think you might enjoy this as well. And that's about it. I feel like I just rapid fired through that, which uh, I didn't mean to. <laughs> but no, that's really good. about it. <coughs> okay, so I, I, I did watch a couple of things. Um, first of all, I did see Spider Man Homecoming at the cinema yesterday. Okay. And uh, I, I know, like me and Ali were talking about last night, and he he did, really didn't like it. Like he said, it was garbage. But I wouldn't say it was garbage. Like I would say it was it was a good like Spider Man movie, but it wasn't really a good movie overall. Um, I still did enjoy it, but I think it's more kind of aimed at younger folk than than us, which is is kind of smart because they like most of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies have been aimed at like people our sort of age group first, like first and foremost. Yeah. Um, so they're try. I think they're trying to really capture the younger demographic with this one to get them on board in the MCU and try and make it make even more money than it already makes, which is an insane amount of money. But I would still say it was a good move overall. The, the ties and stuff like that to the, the MCU were, were good, but they kind of fucked up their timeline a little bit, which is, is a bit stupid, because the timeline has... It's stuff from, like, 2012 that they're fucking up. Because, like, the movie starts off at the at the end of uh, Avengers 1, during the oh. cleanup of the, the battle in New York, which took place in 2012, according to Marvel... And then they skip forward eight years later, which makes it 2020 in Spider-Man Homecoming. Which, that doesn't make sense, because we know that Infinity Wars are going to take place in 2018. So, Oh, yeah! How I've the fuck does this work? <laughs> yeah, I've actually read this, uh, because obviously I I just read all the spoilers today. And uh, in preparation for understanding what yourself and Ali were going to be talking about in Spider-Man Homecoming, and uh, one the producers and the director of Homecoming, they've already mapped out the entire timeline of how what's happened uh, to the villains and Spider-Man within those eight years. Uh, so it's almost as like, like supposedly according to the producer, it's almost as if Infinity War would end up being like a flashback to what would have happened to kind of like... Uh, so it's almost like you've missed all that eight years, seen Spidey there, and then everything else is going to be like filling in between it, according to the producers anyway. That seems yeah. to have what happened. But they seem to have managed to figure out a way to explain it, but they've not had the opportunity to do it yet. But again, that's obviously... It sounds like that's damage control from like the producers and directors or something like that, maybe. Yeah, damage control is in the movie as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, like literally Tony Tony Stark creates an agency called Damage Control which was in the comics as well to like clean up uh, after the like the messes that they leave behind yeah. basically um, which is what like uh, the Vultures crew was doing before uh, before they went bad essentially uh, they got like yeah. kicked off the project and Tony Stark's people took over and they kind of just like continued to salvage but just by stealing stuff instead of like uh, being paid to do it and what's, and what's Tom Holland like I, I thought he was. Part. I mean, I thought he was pretty decent. Obviously, we've already seen him in Civil War, you know, like doing doing Peter Parker and Spider Man. So he kind of just continues on like that. There's a lot of high school kind of dramas and stuff like that in it. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's all right. Like we we've seen it before in Spider Man, though. It's slightly more believable here because he does look younger and he looks high school age as opposed to the last two Spider Men that were both like grown up 
adult 30 year old men who are trying yeah. to portray like school kids whereas Tom Holland actually looks like a school kid so it makes All a right, bit okay. it makes a little bit more sense and it feels a bit less kind of pervy and whatnot when he's like in school interacting with other kids um, and the, he does have like he has a fat friend that is like his kind of confidant that he like reveals that he's Spider-Man to by accident um, and he's like his kind of what is it he calls him he's the chair guy so he's like the guy who's on comms for him and uh, like doing computer uh, work in the background and whatnot. Is that the guy who drops the desktop in one of the trailers? It is, sure yeah, yeah. Had... Yeah, Because yeah. yeah. that Death Star Lego set, seriously, see if somebody dropped that, right, I would punch them in the face because oh I, I helped my mate do it. Like three days it took us to get yeah. that fucking thing built. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool that there's a couple of things like that in it because obviously it's Disney and Disney, they can have their own like product placements in it. And everybody will be buying that Death Star. Because they'll be like, oh my god, look how cool that Death Star is. Although I actually don't like that one as much because it's like exposed. I like the one that's that's enclosed and the uh, the bits come off it. Yeah, that's that's the one that um, uh, my mate didn't get because that had just come out recently and the one that you see in the film was like down in price and he ended up mm. getting the exposed one instead of the the one that the, you yourself just mentioned there. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's cool as fuck. Like... Like the yeah. Death Star, regardless of what one it is, it's cool. Yeah, definitely. And what was Michael Keaton like as a villain? Excellent, absolutely excellent. Um, plays the character really well. Um, either I, I would say he probably could get more screen time, but I mean, but I mean, one of the best scenes in the movie is like he's not even. Uh, it's not even when he's in costume. It's just like because uh, there is a twist in the movie, and he ends up like meeting Peter, and mm-hmm. like. In civilian attire, and there's a oh yeah, great, yeah, I know the yeah, so you know about it. Yeah. So I'm not spoiling it for anyone that's not seen it yet, but there's a great like scene between them, and like what happens in that scene is really good, and it's probably one of the the, the standout sort of moments in the scene uh, in the movie, mm-hmm. the way it's shot and whatnot. But really, really good. I mean, some of the battles are really good. Most of it spoiled by the trailers, though. To be honest, um, really, yeah. I, is it one of those ones where the majority of it has been shown in the trailers, or? It's certainly with the big battles and stuff like uh, I mean probably my two favourite scenes in it were like there was a scene there was a scene with the ferry mm-hmm. which is awesome like just such a great great spectacle uh, and then there's a scene where uh, it's at the Washington Monument which it doesn't mm-hmm. quite spoil it in the trailer because it doesn't really explain to you it doesn't really show you what's going on there but it shows you him like flipping over it and, and that's the first time he's like being Spider-Man and being a hero like properly Um but when he's doing that, like that's, like that's really quite cool. Uh, but th- those are the two best scenes in the movie, and along with like superheroing stuff, and along with the the scene where he's uh, he meets with uh, uh, Peter and uh, Vulture meet up, and in civilian attire. But any um, any Batman references by Michael Keaton? No, not at all. Not at oh, all. well, I was hoping that you would say, "Do you want to get nuts?" <laughs> No, I mean, there was like there was a couple of lines. I forget what they were, but there was a couple of lines where I was like, "That reminds me of something else." But it wasn't Batman. It was like more kind of from other stuff. Um, There's enough. There's enough other ties to like MCU stuff and whatnot, and like obviously Tony Stark's in it quite a bit, and uh, Mm. Happy's in it as well. Like who's his kind of assistant? But Tony Stark is actually not is actually not in it as much as what I thought it was going to be. And there's even a scene from the trailers that's not in the movie at all. All right. Okay. So you know, how, you so know basically, how yeah. So so, so it's essentially, the trailer kind of shows the majority of Tony Stark's appearances in the film. I would say pretty much, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, right. and, and does he act as a kind of like 
for the audience as a bridge. That uh, yeah, this is set in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though it's been kind of like you know half made by Sony. See, kind of like the the um, the recognizable point for the audience to realize. Oh yeah, this is totally in the same universe type uh, idea. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say so. That role kind of more falls to like Happy Hogan, who's like Tony Stark kind of. Like head of security assistant guy, because um, he's he's left after like after the the battle at the airport and whatnot, and after like Tony yeah. drops Peter back off at home, he basically leaves Happy to be in charge of uh, of Peter, and he's uh, supposed right. to contact him, uh, and he does he contacts him a couple of times sporadically about this and that, <clears throat> and the uh, but yeah he's the kind of point of contact, and he he's busy doing his own thing, like because they're essentially at that point they're in the middle of moving. Uh, the Avengers headquarters from the tower to that facility at up, like upstate New York, I think it is, where they end up at, like, by the time Civil War comes around, and that's, or I think it's actually at the end of Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when they're there, yeah. Right, whoa, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, right, okay, well, what the producers just said that I just mentioned is completely not our bullshit then, because if that, so essentially Spider-Man is set pretty much just before uh the end of Age of Ultron before no, you no. see the new. No, it, it, no, no, because uh, essentially what they what they did is like they they built that facility and then they've they've done a full remodel on it since we first saw it, like in Age of Ultron. Oh, um, right. So I think that they, they kind of built the facility and then like I think they must the facility might have even been there and then they just kind of put an Avengers skin over it and now they've actually fully remodeled it so the building looks completely different now from what it did in Age of Ultron and because uh, it was in Ant-Man as well the same building but ah, it, looks, right, okay. it looks totally different now um, the, the whole structure of the building is different and whatnot. So they've, they've totally done I, I don't know quite how they managed to like model it in this way but it looks very different um, but anyway so they've now moved like all the Avengers stuff to uh, to this place rather than where it was Check you out being Mr. Popular with your phone. I know. It's bloody, it's bloody alley. Unprofessional. <laughs> but all in but, all, though, did you think it was like an average film? Like if, you, if you were to read it, would you say it was one of the weakest MCU films? Or? Yeah, do you know, I, I probably would, but that's more because like the there's been so many like hits. It's been hit after hit after hit after hit. And, and this one is just like, I, yeah, it's all right. Like, it's a decent Spider-Man movie. In terms of in terms of Spider-Man movies, it's better than Amazing Spider-Man Two, which was garbage. Yeah. Um, it's definitely better than Spider-Man Three, which was also garbage. Yeah, it's um, than Spider-Man Three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've probably... seen that in the cinema. I was raging when it came out. Of that I was like, I wasted like six pounds <laughs> in that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's as good as Amazing Spider-Man One though, because I, I really thought that was a good movie. Um, so I don't think it's quite as good as that one. Um. Or probably not as good as the first like Spider-Man Tobey Maguire movie as well because I thought I thought they did quite a good job of like making a decent Spider-Man yeah. movie with that as well uh, and maybe and it, like maybe it's on par with Spider-Man Two with, with Doc Ock and that which which was a, quite a good movie but I yeah. don't know it's kind of would you would you would you say that did, did, did it have the feel of a of a Marvel Cinematic Universe film or did you feel that maybe Sony's kind of encroachment might have kind of like dragged it down a little bit or did it genuinely feel like it was you know like it had the same kind of like style and the same sort of like um, feel as the such like Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy like all the other films that are part of the universe that still have that kind of MCU stamp over it or did it feel a wee bit too out of it because it was like you know part done by Sony, part done by Marvel or 
I mean, I mean, it definitely did, and like, like, say, I mean, they have characters and stuff like that from the other movies in it to like tie it directly in, and they've got like even the plot, even the plot of the movie is like uh, Vulture wants to steal an Avengers Quinjet full of right. stuff that's getting moved from Avengers Tower to the new Avengers headquarters. Like that's like his ultimate end yeah. game. So, so it's really like tied in in, in every way. But yeah. I, I would I would still uh, agree that it does feel slightly disconnected. More more along yeah, the way that like, yeah. more along the way that like Agents of Shield is like slightly disconnected. It, it's yeah. like it hashtag it's sort of connected like that. Even though yeah. this has fucking yeah. Tony Stark and everything like that, and it, it kind of feels like he's just been there for like to, uh, it, it to still draw the box doesn't office. like slot in as well as it should do compared to the other. Yeah. Kind of like films that are out there, right? Yeah, I kind of I thought that might have been the case, so I just wanted to kind of like confirm that. But it sounds like it's it, it's definitely sounds like a film that's that's certainly probably going to do well in the box office, but oh, uh, people yeah. are probably going to leave with a lot of mixed mixed opinions. I reckon to you know depending on how people's expectations as well as um, you know as well as being a you know a quality film in terms of just film in general, you know it's. Uh, yeah, Sounds I mean, like it could be a contentious I, film, you know. Yeah, I, I think I think it's definitely going to be because I mean it's it's strange though because the reviews came out and like the reviews are all positive and like the box office has been good, so people are are going to see it and it's getting yeah. like a good critical reception. But I think that the people that will like naysay it a bit are the people that are really into either Spider Man or really into the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So and like, do you think do you think it kind of do you think it's one of those uh, moments where like it almost feels like Marvel were kind of like held back by Sony, which could be which could be kinda of like one of the reasons why it might not have like slotted in as well as it could have been or might might be sticking out as much as the a bit like Agents of Shield type idea. Ching it might be because they were constrained within Sony's kinda of like demands or do you reckon it would just be more of a fact that just the way it was approached was a bit kinda of off kilter than what it could have been. I mean I mean it's certainly possible. Like I I think to be honest, like using Iron Man in the movie Apart from at the beginning, probably wasn't necessary. Like they could have yeah. used, they could have used something else, uh, and they could have used other like plot devices and stuff like that to to portray the same things without having to just go back to this. Like, oh, yeah, uh, oh, you fucked up. Here's Tony Stark. Like, you know what I mean? Here's Tony Stark coming and getting yeah, in trouble. Yeah. Like that sort God, of thing. I feel, I feel like you've made the film, and I'm like coming out with these <laughs> questions. Like, and oh, okay, my final question: Was there any teasers towards any future Marvel films? Um, there was only really one, like, and because there was two end credit scenes, one of which is is a joke, basically, which is was quite funny, but I, I don't know if it was necessarily worth staying through the like eight minutes of credits for. So I'm always disappointed when when it happens like that. I don't know if you know what the end credit scene was, and we're not spoiling. Yeah, no, not yet. No, no. But but I mean, it was it was certainly it was certainly funny. Like I got a kick out of it. I don't know if a lot of the other people that were there got anything out of it though mm-hmm. because it's it's really just like a joke about end credit scenes <laughs> oh right okay oh a bit, like, a bit of like a meta joke type thing. yeah it's definitely a meta joke yeah and it is quite funny because of the way it's delivered but I don't know if it was necessarily worth staying through eight minutes of credits. Um, the first one, the first one was almost pointless because they they showed a, a character in it who was in prison, um, who they'd showed earlier in the movie, and they'd name dropped him earlier in the movie as well. And, and again, okay. I'll not say what character it was, but he wasn't in costume or anything like that, and it was a, it was a Spider-Man villain. That right. again, they they said his name 
earlier in the movie. So I'm like, oh, that's that guy, cool. Like, I can't wait to see him show up later or in another movie. Yeah. But, the, like, he wasn't in costume and all that. It was just, the, he was in prison, duds. You know, okay, well, what the yeah. fuck was the point in that? That, like, that first end team was utterly pointless. Oh, well, it's a, yeah, it certainly sounds like a contentious film, but, um, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, like, like Ali was saying, there was people in his showing that walked out, like, halfway through, or like, like, before the end of the movie, Aye. but not, not the, fuck, not the waiting for the credits and that, like, just left before the end. Like, wow. Fucking <laughs> hell. But, All but right. yeah, like, like I say, I think this is more aimed at the younger generation, like, uh, like I took the Wii one to see it and she really enjoyed it like apart from there's a couple of bits in it which are probably a little bit too scary for her because like when, yeah. when Spider-Man's in peril she's like mm. I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine Spider-Man's there like like when he's when he's fighting the Vulture because the Vulture like looks quite freaky to be honest because he's Still got pretty, like, green... like menacing yeah thing, he looks yeah. pretty menacing yeah he's got green glowing eyes and like I thought they did a fucking great job with the Vulture who from the comic books looks absolutely ridiculous like that yeah, I've seen the comic book thing. I was really hoping like, like, they would, oh they would, did they do any form of like, uh, sort of like uh, nod to that kind of thing? You know, a wee bit like uh, what was it again? I can't remember the film, but there's a film where they brought up like one of his, his uh, this hero's like really crappy costume was like, no, nah, let's calm down on that yellow, and then they end up coming out with like their their new cool suit. Did they do anything like that at all? Nah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he has he has the same like base, basically the same costume throughout, um, and he has it's like like you said the trails. It's like a big wing sort of suit, yeah. kind of like Falcons, but much bigger than that. And it, it looks fucking cool, and it's a much more realistic and believable vulture than the comic books. But they still retain his like. He's he's got a similar sort of character where he's wanting to provide for his family. That's what the vultures always done in the comic books, and that's like what he does here. He's just like working as he puts it to provide for his family. Although his work just happens to be like stealing shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but oh, but yeah, I, I thought I thought Michael Keane was great in the movie. Like really good. He was probably one of the best parts of it. Okay. But but yeah. It was, it was good, but it was still good, but not great. Like in terms of, if you have had to rank it in the MCU movies, it's probably nearer to the bottom. Definitely above Thor two, though. Uh, Thor: The Dark World, because that's garbage, and definitely above the Incredible Hulk movie as well, because that was also a bit trash. But apart, yeah. and maybe maybe above Iron Man three as well, because I didn't really enjoy that very much. But um, apart from those ones, it's like definitely down down at the bottom. All right. Okay. Interesting. And what about uh, what about small screen? What have you been watching on small screen? Uh, we screen. I did finish watching American Gods. Oh, what did you think of that? Because I only watched the first episode, which was fucking good, but fucking confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! I mean, you've, if you've seen the first episode, you probably felt the same. Like, yeah, uh, uh, I took. I had to rewind it a few times. Uh, mm. Yeah, it was a bit full on in the first episode. Uh, the Leprechaun guy was amazing, yep. <laughs> like, and, yep. and the fights are awesome with the slow mo mm. uh, action. Um, but yeah, it's I, I watched it once when I'd like come back from the pub and I thought I'd put this on, and I realised, hang on, this is one I'm going to have to proper sit down and watch rather than just you know put on when I've had a few beers. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Because like I'd been trying to watch it like whilst I was like sitting playing Zelda. 
and then I was just getting confused and I'm like do you know I have to like stop playing so I can watch this and uh, work out what the fuck is happening but but I mean yeah it's, it's really confusing but it's also really awesome like like you say the fights and everything are really cool and the the way that they've the way that they explain the story as as the series progresses it's mm-hmm. actually like quite well done because it is like about gods in current day sort of times uh, and what yeah. those gods would be and how they would be if they were like manifested as real people uh, and they kind of like go along this whole thing of like uh, were the gods there first and were worshipped or were the gods created because of the worship for them like you know, it's kind of real like interesting sort of way of thinking about stuff and there's some really like interesting things that are they're, they're sort of like flashbacks but they're actually they're at, like to old old times like 17 1800s to things that happened but it's really mm-hmm. just like this guy like telling a story and it may or may not be true in this universe it might just be like this guy telling yeah, a, could just like, be a, a story fictional tale. story yeah, yeah. or yeah. it might be like this is an actual event that happened and this is like what they think happened I mean, yeah, does, well, that's 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 the crux, seem like the crux sort of, of all mythology. The yeah, crux yeah, of all mythology is down to that, you know. And it's it's it's, it's clever to see um, uh, to see shows uh, that you've just mentioned, American Gods, like you know, like exploring that kind of things. And and Black Sails was exactly the same yeah. towards the, uh, the end. Did you finish Black Sails? No, uh, not yet. No, I'm still watching. No, no, no. I won't say more. But it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, but it still brings up this idea of, of storytelling and, and how mm. how sort of you know like you know how how much can you trust the storyteller you know type idea. And yeah, that's, that's, that's actually quite an interesting <laughs> point of view. But but American Gods is like a hundred percent worth watching because it's very different from other shows. Like I don't think I've ever seen another show like it, especially with the, the like the level of violence and uh, like sexual stuff in it. But it's not like it's not gratuitous. It work. Mm. It just kind of like the, that's just how it works for the plot of the movie and it make uh, not the movie the the plot of the TV show and it makes complete sense like once you watch it all as a whole not that the whole plot line makes sense because it's still a bit of a it's still a bit of a head scratcher as to what's going yeah. on at times but they they kind of wrap it all up and uh, they explain it all for the most part in an interesting and uh, mostly understandable way but so it's oh. really good and I, I really did like all the slow-mo stuff that, that you were mentioning there like because there's a lot of it like through the, the, whole, the yeah. whole season and it's only like eight episodes I think uh, but it reminded me of like uh, 300 and things like that yeah that's what I was thinking it, it kind of it, it, it like in the first episode I saw it, it, it sort of like really enhanced that kind of like it's really difficult to explain like that kind of like ancient mythological way because it's so over the top like it's it's and i think it's just the way it's set out when it comes to the slow motion that just makes the characters look like not less real but above human i suppose would be the best way to kind of like put it yeah Uh, and it's it's definitely going to be because it's funny enough uh, i watched it like that all or nothing i was saying that that was my like final episode of the current tv show i've been watching so mm. i was i was hoping you might like somebody might bring up american gods to try and convince me to then start watching that tomorrow <laughs> but yeah man i would i would 100 watch it like it's a great a great show like anybody anyone listening as well like it's it's such a cool and such a different show it's probably not for everybody like yeah you're you're run-of-the-mill like uh 40 year old person probably not gonna like it like yeah, a forty-year-old school teacher not gonna enjoy it. Like us, we love it. So if you like the sort of shit that we like, 
like it, it's for you if you're if you just like normal things like Hollyoaks and although the guy the, <laughs> the main actor from this like was in Hollyoaks but if you like yeah, Hollyoaks, I like Coronation Hollyoaks Street, not for you. by the way Andy <laughs> Co- Coronation Street Ross EastEnders these ones I I I like watching Corey EastEnders oh and Emmerdale God. for the no no for for the Christmas specials because that's <laughs> essentially when everything goes like completely tits up and uh, when I'm go home to my mum and my sister I'm like so who's that who's that and then I just get to see it so basically like that's my kind of like wrap up of the year but then you've also got to remember I I, I work for STV so I kind of have to like Corey and Emmerdale so yeah yeah that's true. <laughs> But but yeah, if, uh, if if you're more into those sort of shows, it's probably not for you. But if you like kind of like, geeky stuff, it's a uh, it's a great fucking show. Um, let's see, did I watch anything else? I'm still watching through iZombie. Uh, I think I've got like six or seven episodes to go. It's I don't know if you've ever seen it, Ross, but it, it's really good. Uh, I got I can't... the first half of season one, and it was one of those ones where I had so many shows uh, going at the same time that I had to like let go of a few. And unfortunately, mm. iZombie was one of those ones that I just had to kind of like cut off. Mm. And uh, I've been really meaning to get back into it because I know it's on Netflix. Because I really did enjoy it. I only got as far as um, like maybe maybe the four or five episodes in. So very mm. early on in the first season. And I'm looking mm. forward to trying to jump back into it again. Um, I'm glad. Has it been improving since though? Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever read. I don't know if you've ever read the comic book, but it's like so. It's so far away from like what the comic book was that it's it's a completely different concept almost. Because uh, I read a few issues of the comic book and I really didn't like it. Um, apart from like Liv, Liv was cool, um, and she's like well drawn and everything like that. But I really didn't like any of the plot or any of the other characters that they had. Because they had this guy that was like, uh, it was just a guy and he had a dog's head for some reason <laughs> in the comic book, and I'm like, what is this? And like. Like how will they do this in the show? And they didn't. They didn't do that in the show at all. They just like went a completely different route with it, which works much better. But like in this season, they're more they're experimenting with like different cures for because uh, uh, some one of the strains of the zombie virus can like can kill you as a zombie. Um, so they're working on like a cure for that. But the this cure at the moment like removes your your memory of your like previous life basically, yeah. so you won't remember anything at all. Um, so they're working on a cure to the uh, to the memory cure, <laughs> to a cure to the memory loss for this uh, for this cure All that right. stops you from dying from the zombie. But um, they haven't managed to perfect it yet. So like, there's a couple of people that have had to take it because they were gonna they were gonna die yeah. as zombies, like because they're zombies and they're like, basically coughing up blood and stuff all the time. And, and is it uh, they, is it the third season that's on just now? Yeah, Sorry yeah, th- yeah, yeah. Third, third season is on at the moment. I think I'm like like halfway through it. So, uh, but, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, they've got a company that's come into it just at the start of this season called it's called Fillmore Graves. All right, okay. I've never heard of that. Uh, and nobody nobody knows that it's like a zombie company, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I'm like, I'm like, oh my, like is, this is the company that's trying to like uh, basically create uh, a zombie society because yeah. there's so many there's so many zombies now. I think it's Seattle they're in and there's so many like zombies in Seattle that they're trying to like protect them all and like uh, give them purpose and jobs and that sort of stuff so they've got like their own like mercenary force and stuff like that um, and they came in and like there was a big like a big massive battle at the end of like season two and they came in and like helped clean it up and keep it hush hush that it was like a big massive zombie massacre Wow, that's um, 
that's pretty intense because where I am just now is uh, she's still trying to convince like the lab assistant to to, to like help her out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, wow. so I mean, like, it takes that takes a ton for the yeah <laughs> for the crazies so, there. I mean, the, the point that they're at in, in the show now is like they're, they're sort of like they've got like a kind of team dynamic going on where there's like ah, there's like Liv plus like what three or four maybe maybe five other people that know that she's a, a zombie and they kind of. Uh, They'll yeah. work together to like solve the 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 crimes and stuff that happen, and she gets like she also gets the visions from uh, eating brains and whatnot. And, and I just yeah. like I like watching her like making these random foodstuffs out of brains. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know? I, I I thought that was pretty yeah. funny when I was watching because as I just remember now, uh, I'm at the bit where um where I think the main character discovers that somebody she's living with has a secret safe in their mm, um. Yep in their wardrobe and the yep. reason he has a secret safe is something to do with the main character yep yep it, yeah it that's that's where i am i think on the uh, in the show but but yeah it's, it's a really good show worth worth watching um i don't think that i watched anything else all right well that sounds it certainly sounds like uh, we've we've had a decent amount of uh, amount of time on on what we've watched <laughs> yeah, uh, so let's move on to uh, Level Up, which is the part of the show where we talk about all the games we've been playing, uh, as well as all the video game news. So I have got some. I've got some news. I've got some news. All right. Okay. Go for <laughs> it. Um, I've got some Switch news, Ross. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> I, I know you. Well, case, yeah, go for it. <laughs> in that case, <laughs> see you later, guys. <laughs> no, I'll just uh, uh, I'll leave. Uh, I'll sit quietly and I'll, I'll 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 chime in when I feel the need is necessary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So um, first of all, Nintendo has been in the video game business for forty years, which is a long time. But I mean, we know like Nintendo's been around for quite a wee while before that, like because they started off as a card company. Um, so, but it is their fortieth anniversary of making video games. So good, good for them. I mean, they're making good stuff now with the Switch and whatnot. So. Uh, the Nintendo Switch Online app is finally coming out alongside, it's basically alongside Splatoon 2 it's coming out. Um, so Splatoon 2 comes out uh, on the 21st of July and the app is going to release, I believe it's like this week actually? No, no, 20, it is the 21st of July as well. So it's coming out day and date with uh, Splatoon 2. Now this, this is supposedly going to allow you to like hook up... Um, hook up with other players and get your like voice chat and stuff like that in order as well as like uh, invite people to games and things I'll be very curious as to how that works uh, in com- in conjunction with the Switch because using like a separate device to do this is I really don't like this idea, I would rather it was all just in the one like I could just fire a headset into my Switch and be good to go, I think that's the that's really where it should be this kind of at this time because you don't want to have to be like holding two devices or like have your headset tethered to your phone in your pocket whilst you're playing like if you're on the go or that so I I don't know that I really like that too much I'd rather like you just plug the headset into the device and played like that but you know it's just the way Nintendo's doing it just to be fucking awkward Uh, the fact that they're still using friend codes in 2017 rather than like being able to add people via their Nintendo ID is just bizarre to me (laughs) But yeah, so this app is launching on the 21st of July. I'll be curious to see as well if they include like the eShop and things like that in the app. So you can you can buy things and tell your Switch to download them uh, like while you're not around it. 
I, I don't know if it's got like a rest mode or something like that, the same way as like the PS4 does. Because if I, I can log into the like PlayStation app and it can take me to the store and I can buy something and tell my PS4 to download it, even if I'm like at work and my PS4 is sitting on at home, and then by the time I get home, it's good to go. The game will be downloaded and ready to ready to play. Try to have enough space for it, but but I'll, I'll be interested to see how that goes. The uh, so yeah, twenty first that that's going to launch. Um, other other Nintendo Switch news looks like uh, the wonderful one hundred and one may be coming to Switch. Uh, that's made by Platinum Games, so Platinum are teasing that it may be like uh, porting one the one hundred and one over to uh, the Switch. Which again, it's a, it's a game that got really great reviews and stuff on uh, on this on the Wii U. Um, and I know Ali played it. I did try the demo. I wasn't a particularly big fan of it. What you what you did in this game was you like you controlled one character, but then you would go around to like mop up a lot of other characters, and then you could draw like uh, symbols onto the touch screen of the uh, of the Wii U pad. So you would draw like a sword. And all your wee guys would form into like a sword and attack with it. And you could draw it into a gun and fire it at people. Uh, I'd be very interested to see how this works on the Switch. Obviously for uh, obviously for the touchscreen, like when you're playing on handheld mode, it'll be perfect. Because you can just draw it. But what if you're playing docked and you've got your, say your two Joy-Cons or you've got your, uh, you've got your Pro Controller in your hand. How are you going to draw the symbol? Would you not use your phone? Oh well, well there is that. But who, <laughs> says every, who says everybody? No, no. But Nintendo wants to make all them all accessible, so you need to be able to play in all the different forms of the Switch. So uh, who says you'll have your phone next to you? And obviously that would be annoying as well. You're like in the middle of a fight, and you're like, oh, I need a sword. I'll just open up the app on my phone, draw a sword. Oh shit, I'm dead. Ah uh, yes. Yeah, like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested to see how they how they implement that. Obviously, in the in handheld mode, it'll work fine because you can just draw the uh, draw a solder or whatever. But they probably won't do that because for most games that have had things like that in Wii U versions, like in Zelda, like they don't have t- like touchscreen functionality. In fact, the on the Wii U, the uh, Zelda doesn't have any touchscreen functionality either. And ev- and on the Switch version, like the menus and stuff like that, you don't use the touchscreen for it. Like the touchscreen is inactive completely in Zelda. So yeah, it could be one of those ones though where like your touchscreen's activated when it knows that you're using the uh, you know the the screen itself. Uh, whereas yeah. when you're using your Joy Cons, it might then just disable that function, so it's more of a button press rather than drawing out the the symbols. Possibly, or they could do it like because uh, o- Okami had <laughs> had things like that in in it back on the Wii, and then when they did the PS2 version, it obviously didn't have that in it. Yeah, it could be like a console or disable type idea, you know. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's kind of ways around this. Uh, the uh, Okay, the producer behind Netflix's Castlevania show is also working on an Assassin's Creed TV show. Ooh, which, which I think is probably it's probably because the uh, the movie didn't do that well. <laughs> so no, probably, like, I, I didn't like yeah. the movie. To be fair, I watched it and I just uh, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I totally forgot to mention it. I was just yeah. like, uh, I didn't, I didn't really, I, it didn't really encapsulate the whole point of an Assassin's Creed film, you know, which was to be an assassin and it kind of it didn't really it didn't really like speak to me so may, maybe a tv show might be a better format for something like that because you can explore more of the kind of you know being an assassin mm. and being you know in the real world type thing you've got more kind of time to play with so 
be interesting I mean, to see whether or not they can pull it off. But I mean, mm. it's Assassin's Creed. Can can you really? I don't think you could really make a non-video game media of Assassin's Creed. Maybe yeah, a comic. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, to be fair, the comic books are actually very good, but yeah. like Assassin's Creed definitely works best as a video game. Yeah, like yeah. that that feeling of like being in modern day and then jumping in an animus and coming up in uh, like ancient Egypt or uh, Victorian yeah. London and like, shit like that. It's cool to go to these different places. Yeah, and and like the big thing about Assassin's Creed, which obviously when I say the big thing, it's like the big thing that you get sold on it when you first play your Assassin's Creed game is that you can you can assassinate somebody any way that you want to assassinate them. Yeah. So you know, watching someone do it on a, like a TV show or a film, you're kind of like going, well, that's defeating the entire point of you being the assassin, which was the mm. biggest draw of the Assassin's Creed games. You know, it was the fact <laughs> yeah. that you were the assassin. You weren't just watching someone be an assassin. Do you, know. do you know what I want them to do most, right? Is I want them to make an Assassin's Creed VR game, right? Oh, where, fuck me! Where, that would be amazing, right? Where you're you're play and maybe it's in maybe it's in first person because VR tends to work better in first person. But so you're playing, uh, you're in the like present day playing the game, and then when you want to go in the animus, you put the VR headset on. Yeah, that would be really, really cool, actually. Because it, it would be like you get the whole feeling of it at, and like your experience within the game. I don't know if they would ever do that because you'd be yeah. taking the headset on and off, but they could. I think they could create like a really cool experience for that where you would... Uh, because obviously, I mean, they do recommend that you only go into like like VR for like half an hour or something like that, maybe an hour yeah. at a time before you have a break. So they could easily like make a game that was uh, mostly set in the modern day that had you jump in and out of different time periods by putting yeah. on the VR helmet for like half an hour and then doing like yeah. half an hour of uh, of like modern day stuff out with headset yeah. and then put the headset back on. I don't know if that would be annoying no, to like take the headset on and off, but I think it would well, add to the experience of it. They could do a kind of like demo side of things where you play like the first half of it without the headset on. And then, uh, it's like, say, like, say, for example, like they could just create like a demo one where if you didn't have a headset, it would just be like a mini one hour long or, or one hour long, two hour long, like Assassin's Creed game. But if you had a headset, like VR compatibility, when you've played like the modern day section, you then get the option of put your headset on now and then you just play the rest of the game with the headset on, which would be like the last 30 minutes of you being an assassin type idea. Yeah. could probably work that but as I said it would be more like one of those a bit like the um, Batman VR where it was more like a demo rather than a fully fledged or fully fleshed out kind of like you know game type yeah. idea would be but, cool but I, th- I think somebody needs to do something like that to like to really get VR VR going especially because I mean the, there is like some decent experiences and stuff like that out there but there's not really very many like fully fledged game games yeah. Um, and I, I think that would be one way that you could do it, like where we you could have a ten hour experience that was like half an hour on and off. So yeah. you're not getting you're not getting too overwhelmed by being in VR for like ten hours, like in Resident Evil or something like that. Where, uh, which is supposedly oh, very, which is supposedly <laughs> very good in VR, but definitely not for me. Well, I've played the first hour of it in VR, and I can tell you one thing: it's fucking awful, right? Mm-hmm. Not not because of the VR itself, but because the fucking game is terrifying in VR. <laughs> <laughs> You've all seen the video of me, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But oh, imagine doing an eagle dive in VR, like off of like. Exactly, imagine yeah. if that was like you put your VR headset on and it kind of like swoops in and you take first person. Your first thing you have to do is. 
quick to jump off and you dive in and then that's how you start your VR like experience yeah, exactly. oh man so many people would get vertical it would be unreal <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like you'll have you have to like bend your head down so that you you duck and roll like when you hit the hay bale otherwise you're gonna like uh, you're gonna smash your uh, your face <laughs> yeah. off of the side of the the cart that you're jumping into <laughs> So many times when I've played Assassin's Creed, uh, Creed games where I'm just like going, yeah, like you're, you're literally inches away from essentially yeah. being eviscerated on the side of a wooden cart. <laughs> <laughs> and he never ever hits it. He always makes it perfectly into the into the hay bill. Yeah, he always does. And then the thing is, though, is you got to realise like, how far he's dropping down. Like, how mm. thick is that hail bale? Like, is yeah. that hail bale? <laughs> like, honestly, like, that shit needs to be proper, like, condensed and packed in before you break <laughs> a back or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's particularly realistic. Like, I mean, you could you can jump off a certain height, like, and land in a hay bale and it's fine. But if you're going from, like, the heights that the guys in Assassin's Creed jump from, there's no way. Absolutely yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Not without like, not without a net. Like, if you put a net under it, like suspended in midair, that will catch you. Like, that's okay. Yeah. You can manage that, but not, not a fucking hay bale. <laughs> you can imagine like some sort of like short comedy skit where it's kind of like, oh, Assassin's Creed in real life, where he's like gets the ball. It's like, sorry, everybody, sorry, guards. Let me just construct this net first, and then I'm going <laughs> to climb up here and just dive down then just untangle his net and then be like see you later <laughs> walk along <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I mean you'd have to like before you even climbed up the tower you'd have to like rig your net and make sure it was like high enough off the ground and and then some guards <laughs> gonna fill out a risk of hey mate what are you doing <laughs> like why your... are you rigging a yeah. net there <laughs> yeah make sure you've got your health and safety officer down making sure yeah. the risk <laughs> assessment reform's done <laughs> So I mean, like at that at that point, like if you're going to climb up it, you may as well just climb back down. It'd probably take you less time than rigging a fucking net. Yeah. Um, okay, the the next character has arrived in uh, Overwatch. Uh, Doomfist is finally available, um, but not voiced by Terry Crews as we had speculated. Oh. Some some other person has voiced him, so we don't know why Terry Crews was at Blizzard. Maybe just because he oh, likes, sure. likes the game. I don't know. Well, yeah. To be fair, he is a he's a avid pc gamer um yeah i don't know if you've you've seen his clips where he's uh he's kind of filmed him uh building his son's computer for him and stuff and uh you get to see like what his computer is like as well and he literally straight up is proper pc master race like all yeah. the way Eddie <laughs> cruz so it's probably it's probably one of those things where everybody speculates something but he, he legit just wanted to just, like turn up <laughs> like blizzcon and just be like just wanted to experience it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean Terry Crews is cool. Like, uh, uh, I think it's kind of a mistake not having him as the voice, like at this point. But yeah. I, mean, I don't know, I don't know what the guy's actual voice is like. I haven't heard it. Um, but I mean Terry Crews is in Crackdown Three, which is coming up. Yeah, that should be quite a good one to hear his voice on that one. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got a kind of iconic voice, like, and he's he's a funny fucking guy. Like, I don't know if you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, but he's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In that, yeah. Did you ever see his uh, Terry Tate office linebacker stuff? I don't think I did see that, no. Oh, you no. should check that out. It's like uh, this office. It's like a series of short uh, clips. It's, I think it was like, I think it was Teddy Cruz's like, first time really doing any kind of like act. I think it's, this is the thing that kind of like made him popular. And uh, essentially, like it's one of those mockumentaries where in order to, um, to uh, improve productivity within the office, the... Uh, they employ an ex-American footballer linebacker 
who essentially any time somebody's slacking off would like come in and just absolutely drill them to the ground with a massive tackle and like do the crazy like uh, you know scary eye shouting at people going you better fucking do this you better do this now god damn it greg don't take the donuts and then like poor absolutely smacks him through a wall like it's absolutely pretty hilarious check he out was... Teddy Tate back. yeah because he, he was uh, uh he was an american footballer wasn't he Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. got as far as the practice squads of, yeah. I think it was the Vikings, I want to see, or it was the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Los Angeles Rams, that's what it was. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he played for the Rams, the Chargers, and the Redskins. Because, so I mean, I think, the, I think the first time I came across him was when he started doing the old Spice adverts. Mm. And he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was in those, and he did that. He did that advert where it was like he had the muscles in the drum kit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that really, amazing. that really went viral, and like he's been like really big since then because he was in like white checks, and he's he's been in like uh, Arrested Development and stuff as well. So, but he's anywhere you see him, he's always fucking hilarious. Like I think he's such a funny guy. I don't know if I've ever really seen him in like a non-comedy role so I don't know what he'd be like in that but I really wanted him yeah. to be Luke Cage and I think he would have been a better Luke Cage than uh, Mike, Mike Coulter There's actually, he's quite good but I think Terry Crews would have been even better yeah if I think of Luke Cage I immediately think of Terry Crews yeah because cause, like, people really like championed that and like there was so many like mock-ups of him as Luke Cage and you're like well and, and they've put him like next to like the comic book version of Luke Cage and you're like that's fucking it like this guy yeah. has to be Luke Cage but uh, they went for somebody with probably some more like dramatic acting chops and uh, less muscles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, other video game news. Uh, Shadow of Mordor is getting an update that allows players to export their uh, nemesis to the sequel Shadow of War, which mm. I think that's fucking cool. But like, for in order for me to do that, I'm going to need to go and buy Shadow of Mordor again because... You know, it's been a good few years since that came out, and like, I'm not gonna, I'm, I never intend to go and play the game again because I already platinumed it. But like yeah. the weekend it came out, so I'd have to go buy the game again, install it, and all that shit. Like, download my save file, log into it, and then do the update, and then do whatever export way there is. That's probably too much effort for me to do. I, I would rather, I would rather they just allowed you to import your save file into yeah. Shadow of uh, Shadow of War and it would work out who your uh, who your nemesis was that would be much yeah. more convenient for most people because I mean the, most people that have have played Shadow Mod last one I've probably traded it in I would I would guess so uh, this feature is going to be lost on a lot of people I would I would imagine because the game is old at this point and, and I know there's development cycles and whatnot it's probably it's taken them a good few years to make Shadow of War and I, I can't wait for it like it looks fucking great well, funnily enough, I just checked my Steam thing. It turns out I bought uh, Shadow Mordor off the Steam sale with all the DLC. <laughs> oh, have you have you played it before? No, no, I've never played it oh, before. I just fucking, like when you mention so it's kind of going. I'm sure I bought that recently. Just yeah. checked my library, and I totally have. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's honestly so good. Like I think Ali actually bought it in on the Xbox sale this week as well because it was like the game of the year edition was down to like a fiver or something like that, which which is oh, great okay. for it. Like. Uh, but like I played it when it came out, and it's kind of like it plays like a cross between Assassin's Creed and uh, Batman Arkham. All oh, right, okay. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. And the the nemesis system they've got that's basically when like if you uh, if you kind of like 
don't manage to kill somebody within like a specific amount of time, they like continually hound you throughout the game or something like that, is it not? Or um, well, there's there's a whole like different tiers to it, like because um, ah, right, you, okay. you could even like it was basically the the orcs in the game. Um, there's a, they have like sort of. Uh, like champion orcs basically and uh, they, they they go from like uh, like basically like a a small uh, a minor hero to like a, a big war boss essentially and not in terms right, of like physical yeah. size but like in terms of their uh, yeah, their status within their the status game. yeah within the game and within like their own like tribes and whatnot um but yeah basically like you can you can fight a guy and you chop his arm off and then he'll run away and then the next time he, the next time you come across him, he will have like only one arm, or he will have like, uh, like a some kind of metal arm or something like that in place, right, or like okay. a club for an arm or something like that. And yeah. he'll remember that you chopped his arm off, and he'll uh, be like raging with you for chopping his arm off. Uh, there's even ones right. where like if you decapitate them and stuff, like sometimes they can come back and like somebody has like stitched their head back on because <laughs> they're an orc, <laughs> and they're like even more mad there because they're like, oh, you've killed me. Um, and, and there's ones as well because uh, it, the game remembers when an orc kills you as well. So like if mm-hmm. if an orc kills you and like your your character is like has like wraith abilities, so you can come back at at like a save point. But the the orc remembers that it killed you, and it's like, oh, I thought right. I killed you. Like, why won't you stay dead? That sort of thing. Ah, uh, right, okay, that sounds interesting. It's, it's really fucking cool. It's like uh, one one of the best like examples of like the next gen type stuff that the 360 and ps3 couldn't do and like the the current gen stuff could obviously pc can can do that anyway but but it's such a good game man like it's not that long either like i think to like finish it 100 percent the main game took me like maybe 22 23 hours mm-hmm. so that's like completing the story doing all the side quests doing everything so the main campaign is probably like eight hours long but it's, it's really good especially if you like laudering stuff really good Oh, actually, yeah, okay. um, as yeah. you just mentioned there about PC gaming, uh, yeah. I would like to publicly say that uh, I'm wrong. I uh, I installed and loaded Arkham Knight onto my computer, and yes, I can play it, but I, I have to play it sort of like one setting down from uh, from the PS4. So unfortunately, uh, you um, uh, you guys are right. I'm uh, I'm wrong, <laughs> and you. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, if anyone had been listening over the past couple of weeks, I was adamant that my six-year-old PC would be able to play Arkham Knight at the same standards as the PS4 and the Xbox One, and I'll just I'll, I'll have to apologise to both Andy and Ali that unfortunately that um, uh, that wasn't possible. Well, it was possible. I was still I could still play the game. You know, and I could still play the game, and I could still play it at a very reasonable rate of, uh, I think it was forty-three frames per second. Okay. Well, that's I could right. get right, but you know, I had to put it down to medium settings rather mm. than the ultra high. Because when my mate showed me an ultra high, because he's got a PC that's only five years old, that's like the one up from mine. Uh, ultra high is definitely uh, above um, the next gen PCs, but my one, my one sadly couldn't match. Uh, the next gen without completely and like honestly my pc i could actually hear my pc scream <laughs> it was like even, even playing at like uh, at 45 frames per second i managed to get using the fraps to see how many frames i was getting and uh, even at like you know the medium low settings 
uh, you know, after about like half an hour of playing it, I was going, I'm getting really worried about my PC. <laughs> like, it's really, it really is struggling here, <laughs> so I have to turn it off. So yes, I, think I apologize. To, I think you need to upgrade it. No, oh, you really need to do. You need to upgrade it. Build a new one. Fair, I have to, I have to manually like kickstart the fan these days. So maybe you're right. <laughs> Yeah, I think you need to upgrade or, or maybe just anyway, build a new sorry one. Sorry to go on a tangent, just the moment you mentioned PC gaming and the kind of like graphics and mm, stuff, yeah. I thought hey, I thought I better like put in my apology because I wanted to do it when Ali wasn't around and uh, <laughs> Ali was. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't you can run it, so. Yeah, I can run it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, it's I mean, playable. Yeah. To be fair, though, like to, to your PC, that game is not well optimized on PC. Like, at all. And it is. And, and you are talking about a PC that was built in 2011. Yeah, so you need a, you need a new fucking PC is what you need. <laughs> oh, yeah. Build a new PC. <laughs> but anyway, I thought I'd like throw that out there when I had the chance. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, like I'm kind of at the point where I'm thinking about, like, buying a new graphics card just because, like, mine's kind of, mine's kind of a wee bit old now. Like, I, I'm on a 750 Ti, and obviously they're on, like, they're on 10, what was it, 1080 now they're on? 1080 is the top one. So, I, I'm not going to buy a 1080. But I could easily upgrade to like a 970, and it wouldn't cost me that much money. Um, so I'm kind of thinking about doing that because I can get like a, a 970 for like a hundred quid, and like maybe a hundred quid and change now. And if I if I trade in my old card against it, it's like working out like seventy quid to upgrade. Uh, yeah. And then and then I t- I would be VR ready. I will yeah. be VR ready. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was looking at it. I mean, yeah. I technically I only need to spend about. 200 quid and I'd be VR ready yeah. as well just with what the other bits and pieces I've got in the in the computer but I just uh, I don't know what it is I just I just like to try and run my baby down to its last legs <laughs> yeah and, I mean, like, you I'm, could I'm, do it Glados you could do it do you, do you know my, my PC is absolutely fine for like the type of PC gaming that I do like I don't I don't buy the latest games or for that on yeah, it particularly exactly like, um, I, I say that to my friends I'll go if I want the latest game, like say Star Wars Battlefront that's going to come out yeah. or Battlefield One, I'm going to get that on the console because it's literally yeah. just buy it, boom, play, and that's it. I'm not really too fussed about like the graphics for those games. For my PC, I like yourself. I play strategy games, RTS games, you know, old yeah. school games that can run on this kind of PC. So you know, it's not really a major thing for me to, and to stuff. Kind of stuff I buy on the, on the cheap. That's what I love most about like my PC that I can buy so many games for cheap and if I only oh. play it for for five minutes and then go well I don't really like that then it's I've not really I've not really wasted much money on it whereas yeah, if I buy yeah, if I was to yeah. buy the same game on like the PS4 then I'm like oh I've wasted 20 quid on this like fuck yeah exactly yeah. on PC it's, it's like, like a yeah. pound yeah oh yeah PC is kind of like oh yeah I didn't like that game but hey at least it was only the equivalent of buying what like a sandwich from a supermarket <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know like it's not that bad <laughs> anyway, so we got on a right tangent there. What's the next uh, news? Yeah, yes. So uh, PlayStation Now uh, finally has PS4 games in it. Woo! So this is PlayStation Now is the streaming service from Sony um, that has been around for a, a couple of years now, um, and it's yeah, not. No, it, to be honest, it's n- it's not the greatest. Like uh, yeah. there is a there is an input lag and stuff like that, but it does have some PS4 games on it now. So they've added fifty one PS4 games to it. Uh, that was uh, last week they added these, just uh, just after the show last week. So I'll, I'll give you the list of games and you can see what you think of these. Um, so they've added Killzone Shadowfall, Saints Row 4, WWE 2K16, Drop Go 5, F1 2015, Evolve, Dead Nation Apocalypse, uh, Helldivers, Resogun, 
Heavy Rain, Terraway Unfolded, Counter Spy, Shadow of the Beast, Alienation, Escape Plan, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, Broken Age, Grim Fandango Remastered, Castle Storm Definitive Edition, God of War 3, Super Mega Baseball, Ultra Street Fighter 4, Hardware Rivals, Death War, Mind the Little Ones, Day of the Tentacle Remastered, Sherlock Holmes, Crimes and Punishments, Dungeons 2, Back to Bed, Pure Chess, Pure Pool, Ollie Ollie, Stick It to the Man, Blood Bowl 2, Super Stardust Ultra Exist Archive, some other sh- some other shite of the sky, uh, Nidhog, uh, Dark Siders Two, um, MX versus ATV Supercross Encore Farming Simulator Fifteen Tour de France Tour de France Two Thousand and Sixteen. What the fuck who's playing that? <laughs> didn't even, they didn't even know that game existed. <laughs> yeah, I think they made I think they made a twenty fifteen and twenty seventeen as well. So uh, on PS Four, uh, Air Conflicts. Pacific Carriers, Grand Edges Mid, Evil, Pure Hold'em, uh, World Poker Championship, Cubert Rebooted, Fluster Cluck, The Last Tinker Set of Colours, Velocity Box, Whispering Wills, Kick Beat Special Edition, Battle Worlds, Kronos, and Legend of K Anniversary. Now, so it's that... essentially all the games that nobody really plays that weren't popular. <laughs> well, the thing is with most of those games, right, there's a lot of them that are first party things, so you've got like your kill zone and your uh, dead nation and uh, tear away heavy rain that sort of stuff like that's all first party things so it doesn't cost sony very much money to stick that into the service it makes sense for yeah. it to be there uh, a lot of the other stuff has been free on playstation plus i just i don't understand the benefits of playstation now like i'm not i'm not looking to be like sold on it it's just like see if if microsoft and xbox didn't have backwards compatibility right I'd be more inclined to look into PlayStation now. But the hmm. fact that that we've seen their competitor be able to do backwards compatibility, and we've already had the quote from one of the PlayStation heads saying, oh, there isn't enough... Um, what was it he said? It was like, there isn't enough um, uh, you know, popularity into people yeah. playing backwards compatibility like games. And yet they've got this PlayStation now, and yet, as you said, you know, it's got input lag, you know, you can only really use the service if you've got shit-hot internet. It's kind of like, well, what's the point? You can't even, like, download the games. Like, you know, it's it's just a bit, like, what's the point of it? (laughs) That that is the biggest issue with it, is that there is input lag because it is accessing, like, a server. It's kind of like... Uh, you're essentially remote playing a PS4 that's like in uh, a office or a like a storage building somewhere in America. Like, yeah, that, exactly. that's kind of like what you're doing. <laughs> it's just that, that's it how it works. No, and and like things is that like say one game is super busy, right? Then obviously you're going to get even more lag because so many people are trying to access it at the same time, probably. But at the end of the day, though, like it's just the fact that if your competitor has managed to suss out and is happily doing. You know, backwards compatibility. Then why are you still trying to push this PlayStation now? You know, well, what it should have done when the backwards compatibility was announced? Not, I'm not saying that PlayStation should have announced backwards compatibility. But what they should have should have announced was, yeah, PlayStation now price increase, but you get to download the games. You know, and as long as you've got your PlayStation now subscription, you'll still be able to play the games on on yeah. your PlayStation Four, like locally, rather than having to do. That's what. That's the only difference they should do. Is change it from being, you know, as you said, you know, like almost like streaming it from somebody else from a server in like America or Europe or whatever, and being able to download it like PS Plus, basically, you know, just you know, yeah, I would, I, I would rather they did that, but the, the problem with that is like space because everybody at this point, especially if you've still got like a launch model PS4, I do. 
and you're running on a 500 gig hard drive like that 500 yeah. gig hard drive fills up fucking fast especially if you yeah, start, like, I could, getting I could the only PS have, Plus like, game five yeah. games on it like I can yeah. I literally can have a max of five or six games on my PlayStation right now yeah so I mean <laughs> it, now it is the fact that they brought in like how you can have additional uh, hard drives like yeah. there really isn't anyway at the end of the day yes. I suppose I suppose hey we don't work for Sony we're not so we don't run Sony so we've obviously not thought of something that they've thought of <laughs> I, I mean I think so I think Sony's trying to make it like accessible to everybody so that you don't have to have like gigs and gigs and gigs of hardware space to play like a couple of yeah. games um which is a benefit like I mean each game uh, each game does like use up a space on your like dashboard but it only take like only uses a couple of megabytes like it, as opposed to like the game would be like 10 to say 60 gigabytes depending on what game it was um so that's good but like like i said the problem is that there's that input lag and although it's only very slight and it doesn't matter for some of the games like some of them it will not matter at all like you're playing a lego game your input lag is almost irrelevant are you playing like a telltale story based game irrelevant Uh, but if you're playing like ultra street fighter 4 one like one millisecond of input lag is fucking noticeable like yeah. especially if you're play then playing online against somebody, you're gonna lose because you're playing on PlayStation now and the other person is playing on PS4. So you've got a noticeable uh, disadvantage against them playing online. So uh, mm-hmm. that makes the game not as good as the regular version. So that that kind of is a massive detriment to it. But it's uh, it's twelve ninety nine a month for it, and there's a lot of games there. So like if you think about it, if you wanted to play any of those games, even like one or two or three of them. It would cost you twelve ninety nine to rent them for that month, and as long as you're not too bothered by the input lag, or it's not like a Twitch shooter or a fighting game or something like that, it's probably all right for that. Yeah. Or if you just want to try out these games before you buy them, like that sort mm. of thing as well, good for that. And you do you do get a week's free trial if you want to do that. But I, I still yeah. think it's a bit it's a bit dear. Uh, Microsoft Hi. thing is is better where you can download it. But but I mean like I've got two terabyte hard drive and it's full. Like, because yeah. I've got so I've got so many games. Like, I own like I don't know three hundred digital PS4 games, something like that. So, <laughs> my, I can't even yeah. fit all my games on my hard drive. You know, <laughs> I, I, I think I've got a hard drive yet. <laughs> yeah, well, like I, I upgraded my up before they introduced like being able to plug a hard drive into it. Like, I upgraded mm-hmm. my internal one to, to a two terabyte one right. on my on my launch model, um, and and I thought it was great when I first did it, but. Like I couldn't get all the games that I owned digitally on it at that yeah. time because I, I own quite a few like the, the bigger games like Star Wars and like Destiny and stuff like that. So like right. installing all that sort of shit on it like fills it up fast. Like I think Battlefield is like eighty gigs when you include all the DLC for yeah. it. So you know, <laughs> like fucking hell. Um, yeah, I mean, like for me, for me, like the only positive I get from not ha- of upgrading my hard drive or getting an external hard drive for my PlayStation Four is it. I kind of feel like I'm forced to complete and finish the game before I uninstall yeah. it to then start the new game. So rather than like my friend, yep. he's like going, "Oh, got all these games installed. I don't know what to play because yep. I only yep. have so much <laughs> space." I'm kind of more more picky as to like, "All right, I've got like you know ninety or a hundred games sitting there, but I can only have five at any one time." So before I uninstall a game, I need to make sure that I've completed this one before I put it aside. You know, so that's kind of like <laughs> how I roll. But again, that's that's the only positive to not upgrade i mean honestly like if i had the money to just like throw around then yeah i probably would upgrade <laughs> you know like, you know 100 i mean i've had to upgrade my pc's hard drive recently 
uh, and I'm kind of encountering that thing where I've got all these games downloaded and installed, but I barely play them. However, yeah. obviously my PlayStation 4, I'm more inclined to play incomplete because I know that if I wanted to play the next one, I'd have to get rid of that one or uninstall it at least, you know, hmm. to then get on. And uh, although when I did first uninstall it, I thought I would lose all my save games, and then I realised that doesn't that's not how technology works. So I was quite happy when I realised I could <laughs> install, play it for an hour, uninstall, and then still have all my save stuff left. <laughs> Yeah, and you can upload to the cloud and that as well. So, um, right, okay. Yeah. Next, next news story. Uh, Nintendo's revealed the top twenty-five best-selling titles on the Switch so far. Now, these are only uh, the eShop game downloads, and right. I, I believe this is only for Japan. You're, yes. you're really not selling this news right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm only, I'm only going to read like the top ten. Um, so number ten was Othello. That that classic, uh, number nine King of Fighters ninety eight, uh, number eight one two Switch, number seven Arms, which is not that long out, so it's quite cool that it's up there. Uh, number six Metal Slug three, number five Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, I think this is only so low because it, most people probably bought it physical. Yeah, I would, imagine you would, so. Yeah, because we know that that game sold an absolute fuck ton, um, and they actually sold more copies of Zelda than they did Switches. Like in the yeah, first plus, month, am, so. I, am I not right in saying as well that if you bought it digitally, it literally would take up all your space in your Switch anyway? Uh, no, not not Zelda, no. Not Zelda. There is a couple of games that will take up a lot of space, but... Oh, right, okay. I, I mean, to be honest, the, the Switch is easily upgradable in terms of space. You just pop a micro SD card in it and you're, you're good. And you can get a... That's you can fucking get like a amazing. I did not, yeah. not know that. <laughs> yeah, so you, you get like a 128 gig micro SD card that's like for like 20 quid these days so that's fine if you need to if you need more space you're good to go sorry uh, they've also they've it can take up to a two terabyte micro sd card which doesn't even exist yet so plan of the future though yeah exactly plan of future imagine a fucking two terabyte micro sd card like that that buckles my mind imagine having two terabytes of space on your phone holy fuck it's, just, it's <laughs> mental like, I, I still remember when it used to get an mp3 player where you your thought two hundred and fifty six megabyte storage was mm. amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, number four, Kamiko. I don't know what that is to be honest. Uh, number three, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Uh, number two, Minecraft Nintendo Switch Edition, which isn't out physical yet, and that's probably why it's so high up here. And obviously, it's fucking Minecraft. It's going to sell wherever you get it. Um, and number one, Snipper Clips. Snipper Clips is number one, uh, which is was was it exclusive for the Switch and came out at launch, and I think that's why it's so high up here because uh, it was really like uh, Zelda and Snipper Clips were the two like day one launch day games. So like if you bought a Switch, chances are you bought Zelda with it, uh, and then if you <laughs> wanted to buy something on the store, you'd have either bought Snipper Clips or Fast RMX, and if you're not into racing, you probably bought Snipper Clips. All right, okay. Uh, I played the demo of it. It's uh, it's a good demo. Like uh, I haven't I haven't bought the game yet because it's like eighteen quid, which I think is maybe a bit steep for for what it is. But it, mm-hmm. it's it's good fun to play, like because it's a it's a completely like, co op game effectively. So, but it's it's a good game. So I, I'm quite quite pleased that it's up there. Um, okay, uh, Arms is getting its first DLC. Now, I think it's like yeah next this week. Um, Max Brass, who's already in the game as one of the kind of bosses, um, he's uh, coming as a playable character. Uh, free DLC as well, which is cool. I, I like how Nintendo does this for these type of games like Splatoon and Splatoon 2. Uh, well, Splatoon had a load of free DLC and Splatoon 2 is doing the same. Um, and ARMS is going down the same model where they're going to keep updating it with new characters and arenas and stuff like that for free. And presumably new ARMS and things as well. 
uh, speaking of VR stuff, like we were talking about earlier, the Oculus Rift and Touch have got a massive discount uh, on them. I think they're now down to like three fifty in the UK. Well, that's a fucking oh, sorry, bang sorry, sorry, deal. sorry, four hundred three ninety nine. That's still a banging deal for anyone yeah. that has a VR ready uh, PC. Just yeah, go for that if you can. That that's a great deal because uh, it's down from six hundred, so you're saving fucking two hundred pound. Yeah, on that. I mean, like I, I, I've used all three like psvr oculus and vive and i would 100 percent recommend vive but for a deal like for oculus with including their touch controllers for 400 that's absolutely phenomenal like you know yeah. and oculus seem to certainly have a lot of more exclusive uh, well god i hate that word um <laughs> like v vr exclusive like thing like where it's not going to be exclusive to oculus but it will be exclusive to them when they launch <laughs> launch exclusives is what oh oculus god has. oh god yeah <laughs> i think i think but, that's what but, they have but yeah i mean that puts it like along like in line basically with playstation vr pricing because i mean by the time you buy mm-hmm. a playstation vr and two move controllers and the camera like yeah yeah you're you're like at 400 pound essentially um and o- oculus when you buy it from them as well gives you like a a code for like a few VR games as well plus there's a lot of free ones you can play as well so that's a really good deal if you're looking to get an Oculus uh, 100% go for, go for that although it could mean uh, this this bundle's only on for 6 weeks at this discounted price but I don't do you think this means that they're working on like the second version of it no I reckon this is um, I reckon this could be like their first stage to try and entice more people to use VR. Hmm. Uh, a lot of the complaints and a lot of the kind of like humming horn from folk is the fact that uh, VR and PC is like far too steep. Like a lot of people might have like invested a lot in their PC and yeah, it's VR ready, but you know, they're then expected if they want to do VR to then invest in an extra couple of hundred and a lot of, hmm. like, you know, I'm not talking about console PSVR, I'm just on yeah. the PC. So I reckon this could be Oculus's first kind of thing going, right, okay, what happens if we reduce this price? Do we get a spike in, you know, hmm. people going for it? Or is it going to stay the same? And if it stays the same, then they'll just boot up the price again. If yeah. you do get a spike, then they're probably going to be like, hey, maybe we could, you know, sort out. And especially now that the PSVR, as you said, is pretty much around 400 uh, for you to do that. I reckon the PC gaming side of things are going to have to start reducing their prices for their kind of hardware as well they, uh, so I, yeah i reckon this is the yeah. first probably and vive might do the same thing later on in the year they might like load down their stuff as hello well. hello ali's here oh hey <laughs> happy, ali. Birthday, happy ali. birthday hello <laughs> happy birthday to you, to you. happy <laughs> birthday <laughs> to you Happy birthday to you <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday ali can you hear us I don't think you can. can you hear us? No, yeah, no. yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, All right, uh, Ross was singing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to <laughs> you. Happy birthday to you. You look like a monkey and you live in the zoo. <laughs> Many more. Oh. <laughs> have you, anyway, have you had a good birthday? I can, see, I can see how this show has been going. <laughs> I'll, leave you, I'll leave you guys alone for fucking one night. <laughs> it's actually been a very civil show. Thank you very much, Ali. It's all been shitty PC games. No, Do you know we have talked a lot about PC started. game and stuff, but it's as if like... your uh, spidey sense went off. You're like, they're talking about PC games, better get on there. <laughs> we're, uh, we're we're just wrapping up the news. Um, we we actually got to the news story that you got excited what? about this week. 
You're talking uh, about video game music 20 past 11? Yeah, God it's see. a good time to talk about the news. This is why um, you need a podcast manager, because you can't <laughs> fucking time manage your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what news are you talking about, Andy? Uh, the WWE 2K18 X is coming to the Switch this year. Yes, 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 yes. It won't look as good, but I'll be buying it on Switch. There's not a question. So, so, so you're going to buy it? You're going to buy it on Switch? You're over getting it on your usual PS4 or Xbox One, yeah? Hundred percent. Nice, nice, cool. Uh, I'll, I, I'm probably going to buy it at some point as well. Probably not like till it's cheaper, but because uh, I, I don't, I'm not that into wrestling games generally. But they're they're all, they're all right. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're, they're all kind of similar, like for the mm. last few years anyway. So for um, the last ten. <laughs> the last 10 years yeah uh, and then finally the last piece of news uh, there's a white PS4 Pro coming and it's debuting in a bundle along with Destiny 2 yay white PS4 fancy it I don't I don't like it no no I do not fancy it but yeah that's the uh, that's the news over so we'll get on to what we've been playing um, did, did you want to talk about Spider-Man I spoke about it earlier Ali didn't like it shite lost <laughs> Spider-Man scene, including the third one there you go wow that's Ali's, Ali's glaring review of it. No, but I'm sorry. Like you know how forgiven I am with Spider-Man, Andy. Um, mm. And it was terrible. Tom Holland's a great Peter Parker, but mm. yeah, it just felt like it could have been done on Netflix. <laughs> mm. Like legitimately, Tom Holland's a great actor. Like I'm, I'm sure his career's going to be absolutely amazing. But as Spider-Man, he was shit. Like the special effects were like wire work. I know he can do the flips, and that's why you use the wires. But CGI worked better for Andrew Garfield. Uh, like legitimately, um, I watched Amazing Spider-Man one last night after I'd seen it, and it's a far superior film to that. Um, I love Amazing Spider-Man one though. Like there's no doubt about it. But I prefer Tobey Maguire. Oh, Tommy Wire movies over that. I don't prefer Tommy Wire specifically. Tom <laughs> Holland's amazing. Um, but yeah, I was sad to see a Spider-Man film that I fell asleep halfway through. Um, oh man, I wasn't. Even, I wasn't even that tired. I just get bored. Like the plot was so shit, and it was just like it was. It's Transformers fans worse than it. That's the only redeeming point I can say for <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, man, I was so sad that this was a bad movie, like really bad movie, plot-wise. I'll give Michael Keaton a chance to shine. Um, yeah, really bad. Really bad. Don't listen to the critics. They've for the next 30 years. I'm not paid by Disney, so yeah, fucking do not make Star Wars go this way, honestly, or I will be knocking <laughs> on Mickey Mouse's door at fucking California, wherever he stays. Yeah, well, I mean, this is big involved yeah. with Sony and that, so uh, I think that some of the... Yeah, Sony have made better yeah. side As even I watched that, I was like, yeah, I, you'd regret doing this deal, because obviously Marvel Raiders got involved, Spider-Man movies have been made decent, like Spider-Man especially with Doc Ock as well phenomenal superhero movies of all time but like uh, I like Amazing Spider-Man 1 that's just my personal opinion Amazing Spider-Man 2 I didn't mind I know a lot of the internet hates it so it's cool to hate it but fuck me see when Gwen's next uh, that was a teared up moment I don't care what anyone says Emma Stone's a phenomenal actor hmm. uh, and like uh, this movie like, who gives a shit <laughs> yeah but like who who gives a shit like, honestly, it was really bad and rushed. I felt it was rushed. They didn't have enough time to plan it. And I know, oh, we've got Spider-Man. We need to throw him in. Civil War was better than this movie, easily. But like, I mean, oh yeah, definitely. This is down there. This is down there with Thor: Dark World. Sort of bad, bad Marvel movies. Like none, of, none of them are so bad that I absolutely fucking hate them. But I'm like, as a Spider-Man movie, 
for the first half hour, see when he, um, the certain they hit all the notes of Spider-Man, like him helping out the people, the guy that got his bike stolen, you know that that was funny. And like when he was sitting eating the churro with his mask half up, that was comic books shop for comic book shop. See after mm. that, it was almost as if right, we've covered the bases, guys. Let's just do what we fucking want, and <laughs> uh, it didn't work. Work new. It didn't feel epic. That was its biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies. I know. I know. Don't get me wrong, Andy. Like in the comics, Spider-Man's not a big epic hero. Like it's usually the X-Men or fucking Avengers or Captain America or something like that. It's got the big points. But then again, everything's revolved around Spider-Man. But you know what I mean? Like in the Spider-Man movie series, we're used to seeing New York as being epic, and we we didn't we didn't see that in this at all. Mm-hmm. None of the movie felt felt really that epic. This could have been done as a web series or a Netflix. Mm-hmm. in the lead up to a big, a big fuck off epic movie but sadly that's what we're left with I mean maybe the next movie will be epic I don't know um, but, but yeah we, we better we better move on and talk about some video games that we've been playing okay I'll save most of mine because obviously I'll, okay. I've not been here <laughs> um, who, who wants to jump in first I'll jump in first because I usually play like one or two and that's it. Uh, so yeah, my first up, uh, I picked this up for a fiver off of the PlayStation Store. It's called Adrift and it's okay. essentially the video game version of Gravity, the film. <laughs> and it, it, it was, see for the first 15 minutes, it was bloody good, right? Like it was tense, the music was amazing, like I was, I had to... I literally had to sit at the edge of, not of the edge of my seat, but the edge of the footstool because I was getting that into it, right? You know, so you start out with the entire, your space station thing is like blown up to pieces. You don't know why, and you have to try and get home is essentially your your ob- objective. And uh, it was really, really cool with how um, they deal with kind of like, uh, uh, sort of with like, sort of like, not three-dimension space, obviously, but you know when we're like up, down, back, forth, and like floating around and shit like that, and you have to use your like your jetpack to try and kind of you know maneuver yourself through various obstacles, and your jetpack also takes down your oxygen le- your oxygen level, so you have to like find oxygen kind of canisters, and the best thing about it is because you're in space, you've got that kind of like uh, uh, no gravity physics. So say if you're like going past an oxygen tank and you kind of reach out to grab it. You can actually sometimes, like, you know, your fingertips hit the tank, and you're like, no, I needed that in order to survive. And then you pure have to, like, frantically try and, like, boost back to try and catch that oxygen tank. And so there were a couple of times where it was, like, really, really, like, you know, on edge and tense. And then 20 minutes into it, you realize it's exactly the same. 25 minutes, exactly the same. 30 minutes, exactly the same. Three hours into this thing, it's the same thing over and over again go to point a turn on a switch go to point b turn on another switch you can see the pattern developing here and after a while you're like oh yeah this is amazing and then you're going this is the same mechanics this is exactly the same thing that it's what the fuck and then it just gets really annoying and then you want to know why this is happening there's no story the only way you can build story is by catching stupid wee uh video hologram things and once you get those things you only get snippets of each person's like like opinion of what's going on and what's worse is that your gps is like going oh you need to go here and it's difficult to read the gps because obviously you've mm. got like four ways to like you know, up down and back and forth left and right you've got all these different spatial 
ways to try and figure out where to go. But then you sit there kind of going, well, hang on a minute. If my character's been on this space station for, like, you know, a year and a half, surely they must fucking know where to go. Like, you know, why is it so difficult to figure out how to get to the control room, you know? And it's just, yeah, it gets really, really annoying after a while. And it's a shame because the game looks amazing, right? Like, you know, the certain points where I almost died because I was too busy just staring at all, you know, the, like, Earth and the kind of, like, you know, space and all that stuff. And uh, the music is really, really tense for a while. And for the, as I said, for the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, you know, it really is. You're sitting there kind of going, this is fucking good. This is basically Gravity, the video game. This is awesome. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to make the same mistakes as Sandra Bullock. This is badass. <laughs> uh, but then you realize that it literally is just that 20 minutes that you played repeated over and over again. Uh, quite similar to No Man's Sky, to be fair. And... <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, like you don't really understand why you're there after a while because you might have, because obviously you're trying to survive, so you're not really got enough time to look for all the different collectibles to, to build the story because you're too busy trying to, you know, get your oxygen to move to the next point. And uh, sometimes the obstacles can get really, really annoying. Like, you know, sometimes with, like the hitboxes of certain wires and things are just way outrageous that you end up like floating away, then all of a sudden you get bumped, and then the moment you get bumped ever so slightly, you get spun round and like super fast 360 degree you're like what the fuck is going on here you're trying to sort yourself out and once you got yourself like you know organized you've like lost half your like health and you need to try and figure out like how to sort it out and it's a shame and i got bored of the game after a while but it did start out strong and then fizzled out completely uh, but i really do i reckon if that was in vr then you know i might be a billion times more you know uh, positive about the whole experience but from playing it on my kind of screen in the dark and doing the whole thing I, I i thought it was cool but yeah it was just very repetitive and very boring and it almost felt like somebody it almost felt like it should have been a demo reel and then someone thought hey wouldn't this be cool if we release it as a game and then they did but they didn't actually like add anything onto it it was just essentially the same demo reel repeated multiple times for each stage that you went through just with I, a I different mean, kind of it escape. is a vr game in that so like it is a vr game on uh on pc it's in vr yeah 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 yeah. i know it's on vr but you yeah. can play it like without vr you know like because it was only yeah, down yeah. for like it's like three pound fifty or fa- or like five pound i think for the, uh, yeah, the ps4 yeah. The, um, the ps4 I, one actually isn't in vr like uh yeah, it's only the pc uh, one which is i thought was really weird because like i i remember seeing that game and i'm well, like when it came to vr on uh on PC and I'm like I would fucking love to play this in VR like I hope it comes to the PlayStation VR and then when it came out for PlayStation I'm like yes like it's out once I get a VR I'll buy that but then oh, yeah, they, yeah, never, yeah. they never included any VR like support for it on PlayStation which I thought was really strange oh yeah same here PlayStation like, VR's shit when I saw <laughs> that it was like a fiver in PlayStation 4 I had to double check to make sure hang on a minute I'm not going to spend something on like a VR yeah. exclusive game and then it turned out it wasn't I was like because huh, I remember seeing, like, you know, I think it was yep. shown at E3 a couple of years ago where it was supposed to be, you know, just VR only for this. But anyway, I played it, and as I said, it was good for the first 20 minutes, and to be <laughs> fair, I'm not I'm not pissed off at the price I paid. Like, I paid a fiver for it, and I felt like the 20 minutes I played of it was justified for the fiver, because it, it made me not go out and do something that I was going to pay a fiver for anyway, and had more enjoyment playing that for 20 minutes than what I would have done for a fiver that day anyway which is going to see the shitey-ass band in Glasgow, so I'm quite <laughs> chuffed for that. So it's like no skin off of my nose type idea, but still though, like for a long game, and like now it's bumped up to now the 15, 20 quid it's supposed to be, it's like 
nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay that amount of money for something like this. Uh, so yeah, I played a drift, and then the next game I played was Until Dawn, which we spoke about briefly before we went on. <laughs> Fuck me sideways. It's the fucking terrifying game. <laughs> it's not terrifying. It's fucking it's terrifying, Ali. Right? I'm only. I can only play it twenty minutes at a time because I get too oh. fucking worked up. <laughs> it's it's so, like I. I it's a phenomenal though, man. Oh yeah, it's a great game. Oh, don't um, I, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. I mean, hell, put it this way. Like, I'm I must have played must have put in about two three hours into it so far because I've only been playing it on and off. Uh, but I want to get back to it. It's one of those games that, yeah, I have to turn it off because I, I'm like, right, I know what happens next and, like, you know, crazy, decrepit cottages and, like, randomly music gets played, right? You're kind of like, I know what happens next. I'm going to put this down. But then see, like, see for the rest of the evening. I'm, I'm sitting there kind of going, I want to play it again. I actually want to find out what's going on. And I really like the idea that, yeah, a lot of people kind of go, oh, so it sounds like a Telltale game if you're going to have to, like, you know, pick, like, what you want to do. I was going, but no, it, it's, but it, it's more in-depth. Like, it's more... But it is. It, this is this is how Telltale games should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. more... It's just... I don't know what it is. It's just more in-depth. And, and, and each decision you make feels like it's got more of an impact to your overall experience than a Telltale decision would make. You know, That's like, especially... That's the system, son. That's the total system. Especially <laughs> considering... Especially considering you know, you can see how your character relationships uh, are affected by each decision you do, uh, each decision you make and stuff. And and the characters, although some of them are absolute fucking arseholes that you, you genuinely do want to get killed, right? Uh, there are a couple where you're kind of like, oh, I'm going to play this as if I would be in this situation type idea. And I really do love how you jump back and forth between all the characters and, and depending on what you've done, uh, you know, you see the butterfly effect that'll happen. That means, oh, I've just done something that's completely different than what what could have could have happened. That's interesting, you know. And I absolutely love it. Like, it really is. It's it's a great game, and it's going to do me for a good month or two. Just me playing it every twenty thirty minutes, like bursts, and then I'll I'll put it away, and then I'll, I'll play it again. And I absolutely love it. Like, if anyone hasn't played until dawn, you you need to get it if you're on the PlayStation just now because it's free in the PS Plus thing, and just play it because it is your stereotypical uh, slasher sort of story from what I've gathered so far um, with a hint of kind of Native American mystic juju stuff going on but I don't know but anyway uh, that's what I've so far I've got but I fucking love it man it's brilliant um, but yeah I just shake myself because I'm a scaredy cat <laughs> that's basically it like uh, I, won't, I refuse to play it on my own I have to make sure I've got a mate round <laughs> <laughs> play it with me because I'm like fuck this shit <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah uh, they're the only two kind of major games that I've played really to be honest because Until Dawn has just taken up quite a lot of my time just purely because it's one of those ones where even tonight before I go to bed I'll probably put it on for a quick kind of couple of things because I got to this point where it's like this old decrepit cabin and then you hear this this crazy noise as someone's burst in and then just this random music starts playing like you know as if someone's turned on the music player and I was like fuck this I'm away, it's one in the morning, I ain't touching this. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to definitely check it out again. But I, I would highly recommend Until Dawn, so far, for people. So I think I'm only like at the point where it's like nine hours Until Dawn, I think. So I'm barely like scratching the surface of the entire game. So uh, I'm looking forward to playing that even more. But yeah, uh, that's all I've got uh, to, to say about playing games, because we're running out of time and you guys have a lot more games to play or to talk about than I do. That's it. Sweet. Uh, Ali, what have you been playing? 
Sorry, man. So, uh, Ross, check what's happened then. Shush, don't say anything online. Um, so, uh, I've been playing one game. Sorry, and I'm just messaging one second. Everyone yeah, no listen. Uh, for watching. I get into so much bother tonight because before I'd done this, I watched the Conor McGregor press conference. <laughs> <sighs> um, uh, two seconds. So yeah, I've played one game. Uh, is it Zelda? Yeah, of course it is. So yeah, <laughs> <Andy> waffle. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, I'll, I'll jump in and talk about Zelda because I played some Zelda this week as well. Um, no, I'm fine. I'm uh, finished. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so I played. I, I played the DLC. I, I'm excited about your Zelda playing as well, but mm. we can bounce. So I, uh, I, I, shit. Sorry, I've got a lot in my mind just now. Um, so I played the DLC, as you know, and I really, really fucked it. Um, I got the full Phantom Armor. Uh, really like the clues. Like it was so awesome. See the way they do it in the DLC, and it's not like, oh, here's the here's here's the armor. You know, it's like you're mm-hmm. getting your DLC armor. It was almost like a mini quest in its own. Like you had to go to a place, and I spent an hour in this place, and I'm like, what the fuck am I to do? But there's a book now on the table, and the book gives you these clues, and it's like a diary of something, and uh, it leads you to places, but it doesn't tell you exactly where. It's like where the warriors fought, where the prisoners were, um, where the unjust were imprisoned, and all this. And you have to just actually go out and use your knowledge of the world and find the, the pieces of the armor. So you've obviously got like the the helmet, the body armor, and the legs, and like there's Tingle as well. Tingle's hilarious. I finally got all the Tingle armor. Uh, Phantom armor's okay, but I feel too bulky. Tingle armor when you walk past villagers, they go oh, and shudder. Like, <laughs> no one at you because obviously Tingle's Tingle's what is he? A forty-year-old fairy fan that mm-hmm. cosplays as Link. That's yeah. Tingle's backstory. Um, okay, so I finally finished Even Eventide Island, right? And that's in the bottom right of your map, and you can only go there once you've got X amount of stamina. I've been there before and I gave up. I think I talked about it before. Basically, yeah. when you land there. It strips you of all your armor and everything, and puts you back to like the you know you know once you've got your armor, once you've got your sword, you, you remember the first opening steps where yep. it's like shit. Don't have any weapons? Don't have anything. So this takes all your clothes off you, all your weapons, and it's got like a Hinox and Island. It's got like goblin camps, and it's like shit. I have to re-remember everything. It is fucking genius for the game to do this, Andy. This is just for one shrine. Hmm. So I'm on this island, and basically it's like. Do you know what it reminded me of? Link's Awakening, you know, when he wakes okay. up on the island, because once you sail there, you're on the beach, and it says, oh, it's basically like a shrine quest, and there's like an almost egg-shaped top of the hill, you know. Um, it might just be me. Okay, so basically, this time I was prepared, because I'd visited before. So what I'd done was I climbed the top of the mountain, and there was a camp at the bottom. Right of goblins, and you basically have to get you know the go the orange glowing orbs and put them in the blue sockets and yeah. other things. Yep. And uh, basically, I threw threw bombs down at the goblin camp, killed them all, stole that. I was like, yes, ding, done. And then as I went over the edge, I realised, hold on, there's the hinox. The hinox are the big fat, you know, the huge things that are usually sleeping. Yep. And I'm like, I wonder if this will work. And I threw a bomb bomb down the side of the hill and it went dun, 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 dun. landed next to him blew it up took a tiny bit of health off and at that point I had no weapons because obviously mm. I've just flown over to the island I'd stole maybe like an axe off a bacoblin or something threw it down 45 minutes mate 
45 minutes I was throwing bombs at this wee thing this this big thing and it couldn't even hit me with the stones so I was like this is the only way I can physically see myself doing this because even just yeah. now in the game as I am I'm on my second layer of hearts I've got three energy circles I still can't defeat them really easily and this strips you everything so I'm like right fine I'm just going to stand here and I just threw things at him and he kept getting angry and throwing their stuff back so I've done that and then the next one uh, you go down to a rainforest bit of the island this is only on a small island listeners and Andy <laughs> this is the bottom right of the map and it's you know it's got the usual wooden steps up you know the cobbling camps and yeah. um, there there, I'm like what the fuck did I do here because I've really not got do you know what I've done I threw a shield or dropped a shield ran away and do you know what happened the shield got electrocuted Okay. <laughs> so that's an option in this game. So once that happened the first time, I was like, okay. So the one she would have got is now blown apart, but it killed like 10 goblins. So the next one, I th- my sword started. So you know how you can throw your sword. Hmm. So seeing them all sitting down next to their little campfire, as they always do, I threw my sword down in the middle of the <laughs> Killed them all. And I was like, I am a god. Obviously, the sh- yeah, then this rain opened and uh yeah, so forty five real life minutes it says in my notes, that's all I had there. Um so confusing though because uh, once I'd beat the camp socket sort of stone platform was in the middle of the sea. Right? Well not in the middle, but it's enough that I couldn't throw it. So I'm like okay, so I, I killed some of the, the octopus things and I got the balloons and tried to float it and shoot mm. them didn't work um, tried rolling it down the hill just in front of it. I tried stace, you know, to hit it, to jump it and I just keep, yeah. I kept missing it then I remembered that I had the underused uh, skill of cryonosis, you know, the ice so I yeah. threw it towards it and then built an ice tower underneath it and just climbed up it and took it <laughs> sometimes <laughs> most, the most obvious solution in Zelda is the solution but I absolutely love that which is the main part of this DLC and uh, I thought yeah I'm going to fucking do this split into three so every 15 you get a save point like 15 30 um, the fourth or fifth room I died uh, basically it does the same but it's kind of locked in a room not a room but basically like you're in a shrine but in the open world Okay, so I was in open world, and you're stripped of everything again. Uh, you're stripped of all your food, the lot, so it's like, fuck. Um, got the forum, died, and I was like, what the fuck? Um, then, you know Jamie that we know, Janine's boyfriend? Yeah. He messaged me, and he's got all 160 shrines, so he's got all full hearts. Like, I don't know, it's 20 or whatever it is. And he finished the beginner trials, and he only had two hearts left. Right, this is a guy that's got 170 hours into the game. <laughs> I right, game the trials of the sword is in game. It's just to boost the power of the masses. Um, I cannot do it until I've done all the shrines. So I started doing shrines, and my current character is eight out of 160, which isn't bad. That's, like that's yeah. what 80 away. So I'm half halfway. Uh, in nine out of 989 Koroks, right? Which I'm not going to finish. <laughs> Uh, looked at my side quest, done 33 out of 80, 
So mm-hmm. I've got 50 more to do, and that's just normal side quests. 21 out of 42 shrine quests. Obviously, there's 42 shrine quests. And oh, yeah. it says 14 out it says 14 out of 15 main quests, but that's because when you go back into the game and play it, your save file gets a star next to it if you've beat Ganon. Because you haven't... The mission for Ganon's still open. It's 14 out of I mean, yeah, so... Yeah. All the main quests done basically half the shrine quests, half of the shrines. I'm, I'm making quite good progress, but absolutely loving it. This is the DLC I wasn't really looking forward to, and I'm, I'm very surprised by like, especially picking never mind the trials of the sword because that thing's fucking hard, but like, see just the, the clues to get the armor, and you're trying to like, look at the map, work out what you have to do to get there, and where it actually is. That's phenomenal, but like, um, the, the hero's path thing. That is mm. something else, man. I think I talked about it last week briefly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where like you, you, you can watch it and stuff, but like the heroes pass phenomenal because if I'm like looking for a clue for this piece of armor, and I'm like, oh, okay, I've never been there. You go there and like not only have you never been there, but it opens up and you know when you get a name, Sandy, and it opens up a whole new bit. Like yep. some of these places come up with the names and stuff, and I'm like, what the fuck? I've never seen, never even seen all this shit. And my current <laughs> time in Zelda, Andy, is 95 hours or more, and I still. Yes. I don't feel that I've gotten everything. Oh, love this game. Anyway, I'm going to finish up because that's all I've played and pass you over to Andy and his Zelda talk. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I played some uh, some more Zelda this week as well. Um, I, I finally decided it was time to progress in the main quest a little bit because I've done like 25 hours and not really done any of the main quest because uh, I really went off on a tangent and just wandered about as I do. Uh, I yeah, I don't know if Ross has looked at that yet. <laughs> um, no, 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 I have. No, he must have. have. Yeah, okay, okay. He's just being silent about it, um, which is good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I did jump into Zelda, and I played a few hours this week, um, and finally finally went back to the Zora Kingdom and did that whole quest. Uh, I, I had some definite troubles in trying to get, because like, you need to get some uh, like electric arrows, or shock arrows, I think they're called, Um and you need to go up to this like mountain, and there's a guy that shoots like shock arrows there. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I get, I guess I beat this guy to get the shock arrows. So like, I went and tried to fight the guy, and it just would not happen. And like, this guy is like way, way oh, beyond. Yeah, I know. So way, he's way beyond like what I can do. And basically, what he has is he looks like a minotaur type guy. He's like half yep. horse, half man, and he's he's huge, and he's got like a big bow thing. Um, so I'm like, I need to beat him. But I couldn't beat him. Do you know you can mount that he's, guy? He's the easiest one in the game, Andy. There's a silver one in the middle of the Colosseum. I right. guess you've never been to the Colosseum yet. No. And I know uh, all around him, all all around the Colosseum, it's to the bottom left of the castle, right? And all around him is uh, goblins with one layer has got fire weapons. The top layers like lightning weapons. The middle layers got like frozen weapons. And he has got uh, electricity that he can clap his hands together and zap you. Fuck makes yeah. you drop all your weapons and takes half your hearts. <laughs> don't like that. Um, He's harder yeah, than Ganon. <laughs> fucking hell. Um, but yeah, this guy, like, I could not beat him. Like, I, I thought that I might be able to like sneak up on him and mount him because uh, it did give me a button prompt at one point to to mount him, and I was like, oh well, maybe if I mount him, then like I can just take control of him or something and make him fire enough arrows so I can I, I can get like twenty two arrows or whatever it was. Um, but I didn't press the button quick enough, and I couldn't get. Uh, I couldn't get enough. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't get enough arrows uh, from just like running about. So what I ended up doing, because you told me to stealth it, 
but I don't really like doing stealth, so I, I didn't stealth. I, I ran up the mountain and collected the arrows that were kicking about, and then like ran around try to get him to shoot at me. But like anything he yeah. shot at me, like the arrows like always exploded. Like they didn't they didn't like stick into anything. So I'm like, well, how the fuck do you do this? So I, there must be some specific hey, way ben. you need to get him to shoot at you. But anyway, I, I went further up the mountain and found some more arrows kicking about, and then uh, I eventually got enough from just like gathering them from ones that were lying around uh, I think it's 20 or 22 or something uh, and then went back down uh, to the elephant and did the elephant quest for the guardian beast um, but yeah so I did that did that quest which is like it's kind of like a big big fucking shrine um, it's more, much more like a dungeon from previous Zelda games than anything else because you've got like your bits you need to unlock and then you get like, it's not a boss key you get here but like, it kind of works like that the boss door opens up and you can go and fight the boss, um, which I really enjoyed the whole thing uh, working it out was was tricky but not like impossible um, and there there's probably different ways that you could solve it as well, which I, I thought was interesting because I, the like the way that I solved some of the stuff I didn't think was particularly like traditional, especially the last like, the last bit to unlock which was there was one in the an elephant's trunk that you had to get to yeah which I, I i i had to like i had to climb up and like get around the back of it and then like i gradually like uh, raised it like one bit at a time and like moved up a little bit at a time until i could like jump onto it and uh, the camera does not like it when you do that though no it does not like it because like the camera is like always it's always got link like vertical so if you switch them to like a different plane then it's like kind of gets confused by it, um, and it's I, I think it's trying to like re- reorientate where it, it wants to be. Um, but I, I got around it and it was it was fine, um, and got through the elephant. Really enjoyed doing that. I mean, it took me probably like two hours or maybe more to do that whole elephant thing. Uh, but it was it was absolutely great. Fucking loved it. Um, and so I've done done that quest and I've got the whatever the favor. I think it. It basically works like a fairy effect, does it not? Just like if you die, it restores you back to full health. That's that's what it does that the it? elephant. Yeah, but yeah. it has to recharge after every time. Great. So I mean, so is this isn't it, so like is a, this not a shrine? A is this like something different? That's kind no, no. The the shrines are like mini puzzles, Ross, and then you've got four guardian beasts, like an elephant, the lizard the eagle and the camel, camel. thing yeah. and like the camel's the hardest but like once you finish them they uh, bestow you with a power that was taken away from you when Zelda died uh, well when Link died the first time or get put to sleep or whatever Right. Okay. so like the first one gives you like the power of resurrection but it only you can do it once and then it takes like 15 minutes for it to recharge or something mm-hmm. then one gives you a permanent shield that you can only use three times when you tap L but it can block any enemy's attacks including Ganon uh, the camel I'm sure gives you electricity so it's even you a whole day to do like a hat and spin your sword it electrocutes all enemies in your boundaries for three okay. and the bird gives you the power of flight so you, when you hold the duck button it boosts you up in the air like so you can glide anywhere which is really handy if you walk oh, nice. into a place and there's dead yeah that's that's Ooh. that'd be really handy actually um but yeah so i've got that one and uh now i'm back to like ad- adventuring around and finding more shrines and and whatnot so i've, I've done a couple of shrines I've, i'm trying to explore like a different area of the map now to uh try because i mean i've only i'm not sure how many towers i've done but it's not even half of the map i've ex- i've been to yet because i've got so like i discovered that i've got so much of the map still like blacked out 
like up behind the castle and stuff like that and over to the left like I've never even been like anywhere over on that left hand side so I need to go and like explore over there and see what is in there uh, but yeah fucking great game it's so huge it's unreal but yeah, I really, really, yeah, really enjoyed really enjoy Sorry, it. Ross, to answer your question, the Guardian Beasts are like giant, you know, like the stereotypical, like the Temple of Time and whatnot. Ah, right, okay. It's kind of like the temples, more or less. Right, okay. okay I've got you It's a good way to do it as well, because it's different from like other Zelda games. It feels different. It's a, re- it's a reinvention. It's, it's made every other game that's coming out or that's been out rethink themselves. Every other game <laughs> thinks about Breath of the Wild now. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay, so other other games that I played, I uh, played a little bit more of Crash Bandicoot One. Uh, I, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of stuck at it because it's actually a really hard game, like really difficult. Um, I don't know if like you guys would have played it back in the day. Um, do you remember it being hard like back in the day? Yeah, it was, of course. Yeah, it was a difficult game. Yeah, Crash yeah, Bandicoot so... was <laughs> nigh impossible at some point. Yeah. Not, so, as, I mean, not as bad as Rayman. Not Rayman's the worst. No, not as bad as Rayman. Just, Once you get to the music world in Rayman, you're fucked. I think Rage, <laughs> I think Rayman. I usually I used to call Rage Man because he used to rage quite all the time at Rayman. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's a great remaster. Like they've they've got the they've got the game absolutely bang on. Um, I still haven't played. I haven't still haven't gotten to play like Crash Two or, or Three yet. I I probably just like now that I've played a bit of Crash One. I think I'll jump into Two because Two is. The two and three are much better games than, than the first one. The first one's kind of like they were still finding their feet in it. I um, mean, it is a good game, but like two and three are much much better games back in the day. So I assume these remasters are even better. Um, the other thing that I did play this week was I bought a uh, Lego Marvel Avengers Alley. Uh, now I bought this on PC before, and like I didn't really like it on PC because there's no trophies <laughs> so I bought it on PS4 and I'm enjoying it much much more on PS4 already. Uh, I bought the season pass as well. Because do you know what the season pass has? What? It has an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pack and yeah. an Ant-Man pack. Like, oh my god. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is my job. Collective groans and sighs from <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've only played the first wee bit of it, but uh, the issues that I had on the PC version, like glitches and stuff like that, are not present in, in this version. So yeah, I 100% bought that game on the wrong platform. I think it was last year that came out. Uh, so yeah, I should have bought it on PS4, and I will not make that mistake again. I will never buy a PC uh, PC Lego game ever again. Um, uh, the other thing that I did pick up this week, although I've not played it yet, uh, it only arrived today, and I didn't get a chance to play it before the show tonight. Uh, Final Fantasy XII, I bought the remaster, and it came in. It just looks so nice. I can't believe they've actually made a remaster of this game. It's fucking insane. Uh, why? Why would they remaster this game? It's mental. Like, I can understand why they did 10 and like 10 2 as a, as a bundle. I can understand why they're doing 7, but 12? Like, why are they doing. Why did they do 12? It's, a good it's game. absolutely bizarre to me. Hmm? It's a good game. It's an amazing game, yeah, yeah. And like, this this version is like quite a lot updated, actually. And there's a lot of like different gameplay tweaks and stuff like that that they included from the, the international version, which was one of the versions released in Japan. Uh, so there's like. The, the license board system is much much different from the one that we played because you know how in in the old license board you could have like anybody be anything and you could essentially like unlock the whole license board well in this one you've got to pick like the role for each person so they've like got job classes in it 
So you can okay. have like up to two job classes for each person, um, and and that makes the license board look different because you, you've got different abilities and stuff like that for the different uh, job roles. So the characters are more defined than uh, than they were in the in the in the previous game because really everybody ended up just being quite similar by the by the time you got to the, the end game in the in the original version. But like it looks great, and there's all like extra modes and stuff like that added, and I'll probably never do because there's like there's like a new game plus and a new game minus mode. You game minus? Isn't that yeah, a no. normal game? <laughs> no, no. Like, there's it's like a mode where you don't like you don't gain any experience. Like, you have to play through the whole game from like level one. Alright. And you don't you don't like ever level up at all. Okay. Which I, I definitely wouldn't do that. That's that, that's like way too hard for me. But uh, it's cool that it's there for people that want to like experience the game like that. But I just I really just want to finish the game because I the last time I played it like back on. Well, I played it on a PS2, uh, sorry, on a PS3, uh, like a backwards compatible one, um, and I played like, I don't know, 100 hours of this game and never finished it. I got to like the, I, I don't know how far you got through it, Ali, but I got to like the, the point where you're, I you're going it, towards... I am good at Yes. So, yeah, well, so you're going towards the last boss and it's like up the tower. Or I think Which it's the last easy. boss anyway. But you, you need to go up the tower and I got completely stuck at it and couldn't do it. The, the same in Kingdom Hearts. Um, yeah. you had to go up a tower and fight all the bosses you'd fought before King of Hearts uh, 2 it was yeah with, with the, yeah. those guys in the black suits I couldn't die either <laughs> yeah it was easy yeah but you're really bad at games yeah <laughs> but, but yeah so I need it was Zelda I, I, want, again. I, want, I want to finish first, that oh, first Zelda, beast yeah, yeah. 5 months on I did it I did Pro Evil King beast. maybe but the rest of the, the rest of the game's not so much <laughs> do you know like Pro Evil 17 like I haven't even played that much of it to be honest I've put maybe 10 hours into it so you're so, not even good at like, Pro Evil anymore. No, no, I'm too busy. No. Too busy. I haven't time. So, I like, Pro, busy, Pro Evil, Pro Evil 2018, I'm not going to buy it until it's, like, discounted in, on PSN for... It should be Christmas, you know that. It happens every year. Yeah, I'll buy it at Christmas, like, when it's, like, 20 quid. 100% I'll buy it yeah. then. Like, there's no need for me to buy it day one. And we say this every year, but I'm actually going to do it this year. <laughs> I say every year, but... Yeah, I'm going to do it this year with ice hockey because of EXS. If I literally wait four months, it's free for me. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I played. Uh, I will play Final Fantasy XII uh, this week. I, I don't know how that's going to impact on my Zelda playing because it's another it RPG. <laughs> another big RPG Zelda's that I'm playing. Yeah. And I did also buy... Oh, I did also buy another RPG this week on the Vita. <laughs> I bought uh, World of Final Fantasy. So I'm back oh, to playing three massive RPGs. Yeah, but when you call the world the Final Fantasy a massive RPG, I think it's quite long. Like it's a good like forty, fifty hours. Mm, but still, it's not mm. Zelda. Nothing is. Nothing will. It's not Zelda. No. Do you know what's the hardest thing for Nintendo? And I'm not joking. You know how like obviously we had um, uh, what the fuck was it? Twilight Princess and the Wii. Mm-hmm. That was like kind of cross game, kind of like this. Mm. And then they brought out Skyward Sword, which on its own was a phenomenal game. They've got a fucking high bar for the next Zelda, and I'm almost convinced that they're just going to go the sequel route, like a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild 2. Because where else can they go that's going to make... They can't bring it back to what it was. They can't do that. They just have to do what they've done and more without making it overwhelming. Mm. It's nuts. Yeah, it's going to be hard for them to top it, I think. I mean, it's such a good game. Uh, like I still don't know if it's going to be my game of the year yet because uh, like I need, to get, I need to get closer to the, the finishing point but it's definitely going to be up there it's going to be my game of the year I don't care what Mario's like I'm <laughs> I'm not going to put 
I'm not going to put over 100 hours into Mario and I can already see the next 30 hours, which is well over 100 for me in Zelda without even touching the rest of the DLC. Like, honestly, phenomenal. Hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, so that'd be us. I think we'd better get out of here. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for the Gaming History 101 where they talk about games of the past and then check out the B team, which is later starting our uh, guest host for last week. Chip seller who doesn't sell chips apparently, but you only get a joke if you stay in Scotland or in England. So, <laughs> fries seller. If his name is fries seller, you would get it. <laughs> no. Ross just got it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> thank you very much, folks, for listening. Apologies, my absence earlier, but it was uh, my birthday and I had uh, stuff going on. But yes, uh, tune in next week to hear more of myself, Andy, and Ross. Soothing tunes for your nightmares.